Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. or something going on with quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, folks, we've got 32 teams in the NFL. Do the math. I mean, it's unbelievable that we talk about, you know, and it just goes to show how important quarterbacks are to your football team's success in the NFL. Without question. So, until Cuervo gets in, I'm going to start a little bit on that. And I'm going to start in Denver because Denver has a game at home against Cincinnati. They got a, who are they going to start? Osweiler, Paxton Lynch has been activated over in Miami. I mean, the whole situation with Jay Cutler is bad. Uh, you know, Philip Rivers, concussion situation going on. Jimmy Garoppolo not starting yet again in San Francisco. Teddy Bridgewater's active, um, but I don't know if he'll take a snap. Hopefully he won't for the sake of the franchise. Blaine Gabbert starting at quarterback. Uh, the uh, Bills are going to start Peterman. Rodgers is taking simulated snaps. Eli Manning, is he going to play? Is he not? Winston with the deal, uh, some Uber thing where he supposedly groped the Uber driver. Um, then Winston, uh, Wilson, Russell Wilson with the chin thing and the concussion protocol and all that. And then the stupid story of who's the better quarterback, Dak Prescott or Carson Wentz. I mean, 12 news articles about quarterbacks. To start off this day, as I was looking around and, of course, having something to talk about, oh, you but didn't know. I'm going to go ahead and bring him in anyway. He is the fine coach of this program. It is Cuervo. Good morning, my friend. How you doing? My... I'm good, Sonny. Good morning. How are you? 
Well, we are doing good. Getting started off 12 stories about quarterbacks to start off this day. As I was looking at the Internet, I mean, wow. I mean, obviously we know what the most important position in the NFL is. If you didn't know, all you had to do is look at today's headlines. Uh, you know, what is the importance of your quarterback to your franchise? Oh, and yeah, and we've been preaching that for, what, two, three years now, Sonny, is about, you know, how important the backup quarterback is. And, you know, you've also brought into like how important a left tackle is. So those three positions right there are what can solidify a, a franchise or keep them, you know, from being in a playoff contention for years. So a um, lot of headlines. Yeah, um, that, it's, it's pretty amazing to um, – to think about all the issues going on around the league with injuries and, and other off the field situations going on with quarterbacks. It just, it just makes you think, Sonny, man, when you have the opportunity and, and this, this kind of hints at the Washington Redskins specifically, if you have an opportunity yep. to get a quarterback that is even halfway decent, that can lead your franchise to victories, you better snatch him up. Do not let him go. Wink, wink, hint, hint, Washington Redskins. Well, yeah, but there's still a question. I mean, really, when you think about the Clairvo, if if I am the Washington Redskins, I'm not I'm not satisfied with Kirk Cousins. And the fact that I'm unfortunately paying them what I'm paying them right now as far as where they are. I mean, you look at the Washington Redskins, they're four and five out on the season right now. They lost last week. Um, you know, I, I'm not feeling confident with if I'm Daniel Schneider. I think that's the reason why you're seeing a guy like a Kirk Cousins going, he's not he may or may not be the answer at the quarterback position. But then you got the situation up in Denver where they don't have a clue. I mean, watch, watch out. I mean, Kirk Cousins maybe could be end up over in, in Denver as well as their quarterback situation is a mess. Or, you know, look at Miami, the Miami Dolphins. I mean, they really haven't had a quarterback since Dan Marino. You go back to, to the Broncos, they haven't really had a quarterback since that way, well, if you want to call, if you want to give Jake Plummer the nod of being pretty good quarterback while he was there, that's fine. But take away from that, Cuervo, there are a lot of teams out there that could use a Kirk Cousins that may might take a fly on them. I don't think we're going to see Kirk Cousins in Washington, especially if they don't make the playoffs. Well, they'd be stupid to do it, Sonny. And Sonny, did you already forget about number eighteen in Denver? Has it already oh, I, I, missed? I, I didn't forget about him. I, you know, yeah, I, you, with, with Peyton Manning in Denver, I didn't forget about him. But really, was he Peyton Manning, really? Or was he Peyton Manning on his last two legs going in there? Now, granted, he was the best option. I don't want, I don't want anybody to think that. But he wasn't the Peyton Manning that we were used to seeing while he was over in Indianapolis. Let's be honest. Well, I don't know. I mean... He did break. He did get him the Super Bowl. Him. I get it. He, he, yeah, and he broke records there. He broke records there. And I'm not talking about, you know, the the all time touchdown leader. I mean, that was that was bound to happen. Even if he was a, a you know, Cleveland Brown, it was probably going to happen. But the 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 single season record that he set as a Denver Bronco, 
that those are the ones that that made you feel like okay, he's still the guy that that we all remember from Indianapolis. Now, obviously, he's an older version of it, and he didn't do it for as long as he did in Indianapolis. But at least for for one or two seasons, you still saw, uh, uh, you know, the the, the high the highs of Peyton Manning in Denver. Now, with that said. Look how the Broncos are playing right now, Sonny. They've lost what four games in a row. Okay, four in a row. And they've scored. Yep. They've and they and and get this. If and, and this is just off the top of my head, Sonny, I'd be willing to bet they haven't scored more than twenty points in any of those games. And you know what that comes down to? That comes down to lack of quarterback play. All right. So when 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 you talk about the Washington Redskins, you talk about Kirk Cousins. And and how, if they're satisfied, I'm telling you, you said they're four and five. If if there was any other quarterback, uh, or I shouldn't say that, but like the backup, if Kirk Cousins wasn't there, I promise you, they would be nowhere near four and five. I would say they're oh, two and seven. I'll right give now. you that. I'll you know, give you that. So that that's that, but that's the point I'm making, Sonny. Is that's pedestrian, Cuervo. You're talking you're talking about a 21 million dollar salary that you're going to give to a quarterback in Kirk Cousins. You know, 21 million dollars. If you're going to get pedestrian, you might as well go. You know, get well, get a rookie. I, now, seriously, to, I mean, what I'll say to that though, Sonny, is you got to look at the you got to look at the overall body of work of the Washington Redskins roster. Okay. You got cousins. Well, that's that's a good point. You got a whole lot of nothing else, okay? Don't give me well, we have Josh Norman. Josh Norman is nowhere near what he was three years ago, okay? He's not the shutdown corner he used to be, okay? Ryan Kerrigan is a guy. Yes, when he's healthy, very good. Gets a lot of pressure on the quarterback. But again, keyword when he's healthy. Anybody else on that team? Does not scare you, all right. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Pryor is I'll give you that. Receiver, that does not scare anybody. Their left tackle, Trent Williams, out. Uh, so that's, I get that's what you're saying. Quite Sonny, possibly maybe. the biggest loss so far right right now for him. You you can take a look at all the other stuff, but the fact that he is not in the lineup for them protecting uh, his back. I get it. I, I see exactly what you're saying. It sounds like you've got some mad love there for Kirk Cousins. I, I, I like I like what he brings to the table for the Redskins because he's a guy that understands the offense. He's a guy that that has that rapport with with the receivers. And I think him and Ray Gruden work well together. At least at least yes. that's what they perceive. So when when you have a quarterback that has that relationship with the head coach like they do, you cannot afford to let that separate. Just like, you know, any other quarterback head coach tandem in this league, you look at all the successful teams in the league right now. Okay. Things are, things are looking really good in Pittsburgh. Okay. They, they, they turned it around. Yeah. Um, you know, the usual suspects, you got new England, you got Pittsburgh, uh, Kansas City's still doing pretty well, but now you look at these other teams that that are up and coming. Teams like like well, I shouldn't say up and coming for New Orleans, but they're back. I mean, seven and two, they've won five games in a row. That Drew Brees, Sean Payton tandem has been together for years. 
I think it's really it's come down to the defense woke up. They've been playing solid football on the defensive side. And, you know, Drew Brees has young targets to throw to again. Okay? The Rams, probably the biggest surprise in the NFC so far. Absolutely. They, they, fire, they fired Jeff Fisher, okay? And they bring in a young guy in, uh, I think his name is Sean, Sean McVay or something like that. I forget his yep. name. But youngest coach in the league. And you got one of the youngest quarterbacks in the NFL, Jared Goff, over there in L.A. Those two are working hand-in-hand together. So the the point I'm making, Sonny, is, I mean, I like Kirk Cousins. I don't know if if I'd say mad love, uh, but but I do like what he brings to the table for the Redskins. If he goes to any other team, I – I would have to say that he probably wouldn't produce as well as he does in Washington because of how well he works with Gruden in that offense, um, and how obviously he knows you know he knows what's going on there. So, my point is, you know, if you let Kirk Cousins go, what direction do you go from there? Okay, it's, it's easy to say now nah, this guy ain't no good, but you also have to think about at the same time. Well, if we let this opportunity pass us. And a guy like Kirk Cousins, what direction do we go from there? Do we move up in the draft to go get one of these these guys coming out of college? Uh, and by the way, I'm not sold on Sam Darnold. Okay, I'm not. Me I don't either. Think, I don't even think. I don't even think he should come out uh, uh, into the. I don't think. I don't even think he should declare, Sonny. I think he should come back one more year to USC. But we'll see if that happens. Uh, I doubt it. Chances are that he's about 95% going to the draft. I think it's a mistake, as we've seen yep. USC quarterbacks yep. in the past make that same mistake. Yep. So um, that that's just my opinion, though. Uh, but, but if they, it, where, where, what direction do the Redskins go, Sonny, if, if they think in their mind, nah, Kirk Cousins, we, we appreciate what you did, but um, you're just not the dude. It, it's it, it's the good, the bad, the ugly in reality, it, and that's when, when I look at when I look at Kirk Cousins. When you got the good Kirk Cousins, man, that is awesome. I mean, the guy the, the guy can play. I, I'll give him. He's balls to the wall, puts it together. I, I'll give mm-hmm. him that. Okay, that's the good Kirk Cousins. The bad Kirk Cousins it is the guy that unfortunately can't get the job done with the personnel. Now, granted, that part's not his fault. However, that does fall on his shoulders. You, regardless of what you can look at, I, and I think as far as the NFL is concerned, and when you are being scouted by other teams, you've got to be able to win games without your guys. I mean, look at all the injuries in the NFL this year. Look at how many main guys outside the quarterbacks are dropping like flies, and you've still got to be able yes. to get the job done. That's one thing when I look at Kirk Cousins, he can't get the job done when it has to get done. And then you've got the ugly, and the ugly is, is that you're 4-5, and five, you're not going to make the playoffs this year as far as where you are right now unless you go on some kind of crazy win streak and what has Kirk Cousins given you or when has Kirk Cousins ever given you the indication that he can rip one off for about six in a row he hasn't and now now granted that you know the schedule doesn't help that idea um and, and second of all playing in this division that he plays in regardless if you're playing the last place team you got a slobber knocker every single time you play in the NFC East so you you're you're in a bad division in order to make a run and i just don't see how they're going to uh, i i can't see him making a run 
and where they're sitting at right now, three and four, Dallas, if, if Dallas just keeps winning games a little bit more than they do, if Dallas even makes the playoffs, you know, you know, Washington's going to be on the outside looking in because all you got to do is take a look at as far as the wild cards are concerned. Of course, you're going to have the NFC East, North, South, and West champions in, but then you got other teams that could be going at it. Uh, Dallas, you got Detroit or Minnesota, and maybe Green Bay if they figure out how to win a few more games until the simulated snaps that are coming from Aaron Rodgers, he can get back in the game. Carolina. And uh, New Orleans, even Atlanta out the, on the outside looking in, and Seattle and Los Angeles. But I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna call some. We're gonna talk about some of those other teams when we look at them. But you know, as far as the NFC is concerned, in Washington, their chances to make the playoffs, they're gonna have to rip them mm-hmm. up. And I'm not sure that how that's gonna yeah. happen. Not only that, today they're going up against a team that has won seven games in a row against the Saints. Yeah, that I mean that's going to be a tough game, Sonny. And you know, unfortunately for the Redskins, they're playing in a division where you you know you've got arguably the best team in football in the Philadelphia Eagles. You have the Dallas yep. Cowboys who who are waking up yet again, even without Ezekiel Elliott, which which surprises me. Um, you know, you, you got uh, and then of course the you know the New York Giants are, are a team that just kind of completely fell apart. So. The Redskins kind of got. But you still got to beat them, though. You still have an uphill climb with with the with yeah. the Eagles and the Cowboys, so it, it's going to be really really tough. But regardless, I said it at the beginning of the season. What was going to hurt the Washington Redskins is that they don't have they have not surrounded Kirk Cousins with with guys that he can rely on. When you let Deshaun, yes. Yeah. And again, I know what you, I know what you're thinking, Sonny. Well, I'm not saying Deshaun Jackson. Is the best receiver in the league, and I'm not saying that Pierre Garçon's the best receiver in the league, but you have to admit those two are better options than Terrell Pryor and Jamison Crowder. And I, I'm right there with that's you. What, that is what he's working with right now, and you know, Jordan Reed, awesome tight end, but again, it's, this is another guy on the Redskins that plays half a season every year because he's always battling injuries and you cannot rely and you cannot depend on guys like that. So I agree. Uh, the fact that yep. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Sonny, the fact that Jordan Reed is still a Redskin surprises me. Okay. And now they run into a saints team that again, like I mentioned earlier, the defense is playing some awesome football and that's something that been, they've been waiting for. And I think we all knew once that defense took off and they started uh, playing better, that this was a, this was going to be a force to be reckoned with, and now we're seeing it with with the Saints having a five game winning streak. <clears throat> yep, right there. It's it's one of those things uh, where you're, where your schedule has a lot to do with what you're going to do with the success that you're going to do each and every year, and then of course the injuries don't help Washington and don't help where Kirk Cousins has ended up where he, as of right now anyway. So, But that having been said, that's the name of the show. That's where we're at. Cuervo, what we're going to do, just so we can make sure we get our sponsors in, what we're going to do is we're going to cut into the quick break, and we're going to uh, get that part uh, squared away immediately. 
immediately when we come back. We're just going to jump into the game. By the way, how, what was – I mean, obviously you didn't call him in to me, but I'm not worried about the, the, the thing. How would you do last week as far as your picks were concerned? Yeah, so I missed about four picks, Sonny, and, and I was, and I was crazy enough – yeah, I was crazy enough to go with the Bears, so that was one of them. I was too. Um, I was too. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember some of the, uh, some of the other ones, but I, I think if I can well, I think right, I know which ones you might have had a problem with. I, I think uh, Tampa Bay and the Jets. You probably had the Jets. I don't think you would have had the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, or did you? Not, no, not with Ryan Fitzpatrick. At quarterback, I definitely had the Jets in that game. So yeah, you're you're yeah. absolutely right. That was one of them that I that I did miss. And um, you, I don't know where you would have went on Cincinnati and Tennessee, um, or you know, is but no, you probably would have went Tennessee. Let's see the other game that you might have had a problem with um, the Giant, the Giants in San Francisco, Giants pulling, you know. I, I had the Giants. I don't because they were, you know, even though they were at San Francisco, I thought that they could get them. Yeah, no, you know, actually, I did have the Forty ers in that one. Um, okay. I think the one that I that I had wrong, um, I for some reason I actually thought Buffalo would be the team that would slow down okay. the, the Saints the Saints offense. And, I missed that uh, one. Yeah, I think I was. About How about Minnesota and Washington? Wrong. How about Minnesota no, I, I had, at Washington? Yeah, I had I had Minnesota in that game, so got it. Um, well, we had the at ten and four. That's not that's not incredibly yeah. horrible, <laughs> right? So, yeah, Still not so bad I I was nine and five, so so there you go. So fourteen games on slate last week, and now we're set where we're at this week, and we're going to cover on Malk here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. So let's do that. We're going to hop into our first break here, and when we come back, we'll jump into uh, we'll talk about Thursday night's game real quick before we get into the regular games of the week. So let's do that. We're going to do the quick break. We'll be back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said on. Sunday morning, we'll be right back. At Regal and Rustic Estate Sales, let us take the burden out of hosting, staging, and cleaning of your estate sale or liquidation. We will provide reliable, friendly service with an experienced crew. We have an excellent reputation for professionalism with exceptional customer service and knowledge. We understand that staging and drawing attention to your sale is key. Most importantly, we listen to our customers' needs and pay attention to detail. That is what separates us from other local estate sales and companies as we truly care about your presentation, property, and belongings. That's Rego and Rustic Estate Sales. Contact Renee Sheffield at 972-861-0231 or check us out on the web at regalandrustic.com. Don't just call any heating and air conditioning repairman. Call an expert. At Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning, we are your experts. Whether it's a seasonal maintenance that keeps your system running at a peak efficiency or a complete replacement of your system, Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning does it all. Common Sense Solutions for your home comfort. Stevenson's, where quality is our standard, not our goal. Give them a call at 972-475-3227 or check them out on the web at stevensonshvac.com. 
Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullen at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. All right, we are back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest-working man in sports radio, along with Cuervo here on a Sunday morning. It is that being said, as we get going and get started, as we're going to look at all of the games that are up on tap here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as far as Sunday is concerned. Now, let's just jump into Thursday, Cuervo. Pittsburgh was taking on Tennessee. Now, the Tennessee Titans, let's just be honest, they're a good football team. I think we both know it. But Monday night, right there in a stadium of Heinz Field, they didn't even they didn't stand a chance on Thursday night. No, Sonny. I mean, you know, Thursday night, Steelers at home, that's, that's a tough environment to play in, Sonny. So, Titans, uh, even with Dick, Dick LeBeau on their side, um, kind of had a feeling that uh, this could be a game that really could be a statement game for the Steelers. And, you know, it's funny, them being 7-2, and two, you would think, well, what kind of statement do they need to make? Well, obviously, the statement that they needed to make, in my opinion, was that don't write them off just yet, okay? Uh, a lot of people will say that some of their wins were flukes. You know, beating Indianapolis last week, beating, a, 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 you know, Detroit the week before, uh, you know, uh, a beat bad Cincinnati team. Like, a lot of people will look at that schedule and say, well, yeah, I can see why they're 7 2 because they haven't, they haven't had any competition yet. Um, what I would say to that is, don't forget, it's the, still the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay? This is still yes. a franchise yes. that is 
you know, top of the class in the AFC, in the NFL in reality. And even when things happen and you have situations like the whole contract with Le'Veon Bell, um, the whole thing with Antonio Brown getting mad at Ben Roethlisberger throwing a tantrum on the sideline, if you remember, that was about, about a month ago or so. Um, yep. You know, yep. nothing seems to fade this team, Sonny, no matter what kind of headlines they make or, or what any type of, of, of uh, you know, friction in, in, the, uh, in the locker room. They still, they still understand the purpose. The purpose to go Absolutely. out there and win football games and say, you know what, don't forget about us. I know New England are they're the defending champions, but we ain't, we're not going anywhere anytime soon. So, uh, and, and, you know, and, and the, all all the all the talk about Ben retiring. Yes. Nobody's yeah. talking about that no more. You know, of course not. That but, when you're winning, all all is all is well. When you're win- but no, I, I bet you if they start losing games. Like if they lose today, which I doubt, or or I mean next week, which I doubt, um, then, then you know the 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 whole uh, is Ben done rumors start coming out. It's just to me, it's just funny how that works. Where when when you're winning, all is good, and you start losing, you know, you got a thousand questions done. Uh, you know, yeah, hitting uh, certain players and stuff. So. Yeah, whether or not Ben Roethlisberger's washed up, he, he says, well, maybe I can't play this game. It's funny how media can't recognize sarcasm when it's right in front of their face. I just, I just find it. that very funny. They don't, they don't, well, even, they don't speak it, and if they do speak it, they choose not to, uh, not to take it as sarcasm because they'll, they'll take anything that these guys say and run with it and be like, well, yeah. In Pittsburgh, Ben thinks he doesn't have it anymore. They have to have a story. They have to get something to make yep. a story out of yep. it. Got it. It's Philly one has, of those things. Philly yep, it's one of those. Definitely. Well, let's do this. Let's jump into the first game of the week as we're covering them all here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. As the Arizona Cardinals, they're four and five. They go on the road. They're going to take on the Houston Texans. Houston Texans are three and six. This is a football team that has been decimated with injuries on both sides of the ball, which in turn puts them in the position where they're at now, where they've lost three in a row. And I will tell you, as far as what I my expectations were for Houston is. Where they are right now, because even with Wentz, with their quarterback situation, and let, let's be honest, I, I I was not expecting the success that they were going to have with the rookie quarterback in Houston. So if they were three and six, it wouldn't have surprised me. That having been said, they they lose the quarterback. They lose they lose the. the J.J. Uh, Watts, they're losing guys. They're falling down like flies all over the place out there. And then you have the Arizona Cardinals who lose, you know, their quarterback as well. And they're going to go ahead and oh god, they are going to start Blaine Gabbard at the quarterback position for the Arizona Cardinals this week. And that, believe me, I've seen enough of Blaine Gabbard. You know, whether it be down in Jacksonville or San Francisco, to know, man, the Arizona Cardinals are living on a prayer there, Cuervo. Yeah, they are, Tony. But what happened to Carson Palmer? Maybe I missed something. Did like Carson Palmer get hurt? Again? He got hurt. Yeah, he, he got hurt, and and he never did come back off of it uh, a couple of weeks back. 
So that that's that's where that whole situation is for for Carson Palmer, and, and it might have been his last game as well because who knows if he'll come back next year. Um, I think the Arizona Cardinals don't have a choice; they're going to have to offer him a contract, though. Um, I mean, I don't know, but you know, who's to say that he doesn't uh, turn around and say, "No, nah, I'm going to retire"? Because you're you're yeah. talking about Palmer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I know. If he's He's smart. I mean, you have to consider it. I mean, you you've gone down with injuries the past three years now, and um, you know it, it. You know who knows how much longer a guy like Larry Fitzgerald is going to play. So. Well, he just signed I the think, he just signed an extension. Actually, Larry Fitzgerald uh, just signed an extension. What a two-year extension. Yeah. Come on, Sonny. We. What is that, what does that tell you though? I mean, if it's, if it's a two-year extension, it's yeah, I'll give you one more year. The the second year, eh, I'll think about it. So I don't know, maybe 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 I'm thinking differently or wrong, but that's how I take it. I take it as I give you one of those years. The other one, don't hold your breath. Actually, mark that he did sign a uh, one-year extension, not two. Uh, for 15, you know, his 15th season. So, yeah, he's definitely going to be eligible not next year, but the year after that to go somewhere else. It's, that's what he's going to choose to do. Yeah, I don't think he'll do that, Sonny. I think I think he's going to retire a Cardinal. The, Larry Fitzgerald is the type of guy, he, he's got a lot of character, um, you know, good character. And I don't see him being a guy that – I mean, unless he really, really wants to play, and Arizona says, you know, thanks for everything, but uh, we don't feel like you have it anymore. Um, I, I don't see him going to another team. He's going to be one of those guys that, that you know, starts and finishes his career with one team. And you don't find yeah. that anymore. You don't find that anywhere else. You know, oh, you're, you're um, absolutely, especially a guy that puts up numbers like that, Cuervo. You're talking about Larry Fitzgerald, that even on a bad foot, Arizona Cardinal football team, although they've been to the Super Bowl and been to the playoffs, but before they actually started doing that guy was putting up numbers all over the place with less than average quarterbacks. Right. And, you know, I mean, that's – think about the quarterbacks that Larry Fitzgerald has had to work with. Boy, oh, boy. Yep. Oh, that's a guy oh, that ugly. If, if if yeah, if he's not a first ballot, which I'm gonna be honest with you, Sonny, I don't think he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But if he's not second ballot, then you know these these voters, and we talk about it every year. These voters really have some some thinking to do because you know, with the numbers, like you said, the numbers he puts up with the quarterbacks he's worked with. Uh, pretty amazing in my opinion. So, Absolutely. Uh, you know, class act in my opinion. I, I've actually had the opportunity, I'm sure you have too, to meet Larry Fitzgerald. Real down-to-earth guy, real nice guy. Um, you know, is not – he has seen as advertised. You know, he's as advertised. So, real, real good Definitely. Dude. Well, you're looking at this football game, Cuervo, Houston. I, I mean, I this is one where, you know, I, I grabbed the couch potato quarter here initially, and then I went, well, it, it's Blaine Gabbard. It, when you got two bad football teams and one's got Blaine Gabbard at the quarterback position, I didn't even have to look at this very much as far as who I was going to pick. I went home team. 
uh, Houston Texans, I, you know, what, whatever, you know, it's Tom Savage. So, I, I, I mean, I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't. I mean, both of these guys are completely horrible. Savage struggles all over the place. He's got a 47% completion pass rating. And that's completion, not quarterback rating. He is only, he's completing less than 50% of his passes. I mean, you know, and when you lose a Deshaun Watson, okay, all right, you, you look at it, he was getting 8.4 yards a pass. When you go to Tom Savage, you get less than five. I mean, the big hurt that is right there. Is right, I, I mean, I really don't know who to pick in this game, Cuervo. That's why I've got the, the couch potato quarter all set to flip in this one because this one's such a horrible game on all facets. However, I'm leaning Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to tell you the reason why. is that I'm going to tell you their defense has always been there for them. I mean, when you play a bad football team and your offense is just, you know, pedestrian as they are now, obviously, without what's going on, they do have Larry Fitzgerald. Their defense is going to keep them in the game because of the fact Tom Savage is so bad. I see a lot of turnovers coming from Houston. Um, not a big Arizona Cardinal fan right here, Cuervo, but I think they're going to get this one on the road. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I like what you said, Sonny. I don't know. I think, I think I might lean a little bit more towards Houston. I, I think, you know, again, it's one of those – weird assessments that I have where because Arizona's on the road, they don't, they don't, they play different. There's something different about this team when they're on the road. They don't, they don't execute and they don't, uh, the, the defense doesn't dominate like it does when they're at home. So I know it sounds weird, but that's, that's what I get from the Arizona Cardinals. Sometimes you don't, you don't, you don't know how they're going to play on the road. So with that, absolutely. I think now with, with Savage having another week under his belt, um, you know, of getting first first team snaps and all that good stuff, I, I think that um, you might you might see a little bit improvement from Tom Savage. You might get a little bit better completion percentage, <laughs> and <laughs> you might get a little bit better quarterback rating. So. Um, but I think it'll be. A, I think it's going to be a very close game. It could be. It could be a Definitely. three point game. But uh, I think I'm going to go with the home team and the Houston Texans for this game. All right. So there's Cuervo up on Houston. I'm taking the Cardinals. Next game up on board here on the couch with Dave Scorcho. It's the four and five Baltimore Ravens who lose last week. Green Bay wins last week with their step-in quarterback going to go and try to do it while Aaron Rodgers is out and try to win football games, which in reality, if you look at it, you know, this Packer team, they're five and four. The division is still up for grabs in reality. And if you can get something from your backup quarterback until, you know, maybe four or five more weeks, because even though Aaron Rodgers is taking simulated snaps right now, I'm not feeling very confident about bringing him back, you know, anytime before that. I mean, all the stories are, and granted, those stories are out there for the fans. Those stories are not the simple fact of the matter is you're not going to get, 
you know, Aaron Rodgers back in a football game because that's your franchise. This is a football team. You know, if you look at the Minnesota Vikings and Teddy Bridgewater and what they're doing about maybe wanting to bring him back, it's a different type of franchise. When you look at the Minnesota Vikings, if they decide to sell the franchise to bring him back for to try to get him into the playoffs, that wouldn't surprise me. But bringing Aaron Rodgers back, yes, I know this football team wants to make the playoffs, and I get it, but you're talking about not just your franchise. He, Aaron Rodgers is your whole franchise. And that's obvious by all you got to do is look at the performance out on the football field without him for the last four weeks. So you, you're, looking, you're looking at two different scenarios when you look at Minnesota and their quarterback position as far as what Green Bay is going to do. That having been said, they get the Baltimore Ravens that are one of the most craziest football teams out on the football field this year. They're four and five. They win games that they shouldn't. Then they lose games against that they shouldn't. And it goes back to coaching up on this one. When I look at what's going on, we're not getting the same Joe Flacco. He, they bring him back a little bit, maybe a little bit too early uh, with the fact of What's going on in their division, they always play in that tough division where they got the Steelers and the Bengals. You know, I, I don't know, but when Green Bay won last week, 23-16 over the Chicago Bears, and by the way, that game was in Chicago, um, that that right there just put it put a shot on me where I don't know what Mike McCarthy is actually going to do here. The Baltimore Ravens are not the Chicago Bears, but I would say the Chicago Bears would have a good chance of beating Baltimore. So I, this is one of those other games where the couch potato quarter is set to flip Cuervo because I don't know what you're getting. If Normally I'll look at this game and go, who's the better quarterback? And obviously it's Joe Flacco, but this game is in Green Bay. You still have that pressure uh, regardless of who's quarterbacking there, but they're also losing games in Lambeau that they normally don't lose uh, since they lost Aaron Rodgers. So this is one of those interesting games this week, Cuervo. Yeah, it is, Sonny. And, you know, it kind of feels like uh, back in 2013 when, when Rodgers went down with that, that collarbone injury, um, what's probably going to happen is it, it's, they're going to they're going to wait it out to see where Green Bay is at the last couple of weeks. From there, if they have a chance at making the playoffs, I think just like they did four years ago, they're going to bring Aaron Rodgers back. They're going to try and uh, uh, you know solidify that playoff spot and, and get in just yep. like they did um, in that season. Um, if they're if they've already clinched or something like that, I think they wait until the, until their first playoff game to bring Aaron Rodgers back. And obviously, if they're if they're nowhere in contention, I mean you might you might as well put them on IR and just and just call it a, call it a season. So that, that to me, that's the most logical thing that I can see the Green Bay Packers doing now. That's logical, right? But does that does that mean that that's what's going to happen? Absolutely not. Um, right. Mike McCarthy. <laughs> He might, he might get desperate. He might say, damn, we got three games left and we're two games out. What do I do from here? Um, and, and he may make the call. Uh, Rodgers may not be ready yet, uh, but he might he might uh, say the hell with it and, and, and take that chance. My thing with that, though, is when you think about it, Sonny, let me ask you, let me ask you in your honest opinion, do you feel like if the Packers don't make the playoffs this year that Mike McCarthy's job is in jeopardy? 
Oh, I don't think so at all. And, and the main reason okay. why it, you, you, that that's that's why I don't think they actually even chance it because next year with Mike McCarthy is going to be better than any other coach if they decide to make that make that switch with Aaron Rodgers because there's a comfort level that is right there between those two compared to if you're bringing somebody else in someone's going to have to learn each other's tendencies and how they are in certain situations and things of that sort and you can look at film all day long Cuervo but unless you have have that one-on-one and know exactly what each other are thinking at that time, you know, it, it's not in the Packers' best interest to to move on from uh, bringing him, you know, bringing in a new coach, you know, over Mike McCarthy. Right, and that's, and that's my point, is if I'm Mike McCarthy and, and I'm thinking to myself, well, you know what, my, my, if we don't make the playoffs, I don't think I'm going to get fired. At least I hope I don't get fired. So, what's the rush in bringing him back? This would, if I'm not mistaken, this would be the first year that the Packers don't make playoffs with Mike McCarthy as their head coach. So, what are you really risking? What what is what are, what do you feel like you're going to to lose if you don't make the playoffs this year? Um, it's understandable. I mean, you've got the arguably the best quarterback in the league that goes down, and. If you don't make the playoffs, you can justify it and say, well, this is why we missed it. So, exactly. Um, and, and, so and the good thing in his case, he's not the general manager, too. So that's a good thing. Yeah, right. And so with that said, I mean, I honestly think that if they miss the playoffs, you know, it, it's, it's not going to really – set the franchise back or it's not going to hurt the franchise at all so in my opinion I think if, if Rodgers ain't ready you don't you don't risk it because if you do then he hurt he goes out there and he hurts himself again and now he's now he's out for half the next season that's where you dig yourself in the hole and, and that's, where, that's where other teams make mistakes like that where they try to rush certain guys back and um, I mean look what the Houston Texans did with J.J. Watts Okay, I mean that that back that back never, in my opinion, never got 100 percent again. And then he goes out this year with the with the leg injury, um, which I mean I know those two injuries are irrelevant. The point I'm making is now you have to actually you have to look at JJ Watt and say, well, is this the guy that is going to be full of injuries for the rest of his career? And it's unfortunate. Absolutely. He's still, he's still fairly young. He's been a defensive player of the year, what, two times, three times? Two you know, times. And, just... and down two times in one, two times in two years. That you know, that, that's killer, especially how much you're paying him too. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, the thing is, it's like I know it's not the quarterback position, thing, but you're talking about, you know, you're you're the ace of your defense, and. You know, the, the, the struggles that Houston has been going through, even before Deshaun Watson, I mean, you can see yep. the struggles that Houston has had defensively. Um, and and you know, losing a guy like J.J. Watt is, is no small, uh, you know, deal. It's a big deal. So, to me, I think, I think, I mean, it's, it's, all, it's ultimately going to be Mike McCarthy's decision. But it, it's, it's to me, it's one that I think is pretty – pretty easy but 
then again, we're not the ones sitting in those seats, honey, so we, we can't really – we don't know what they're thinking. But in my opinion, I, I don't I don't see the rush in bringing Rodgers back. Oh, I definitely don't either. It, 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 just for the fact of what it's going to be as far as the franchise is concerned, you know, two or three years down the road, I mean, you're talking about Super Bowl, Super Bowl contending football team for the next four to five years with Aaron Rodgers is if they bring him back and, and he's healthy. So, But in this game, as far as what they're, they're taking a look at, as far as the Ravens are concerned, the Ravens lost three of their last four games, uh, but they're going into a – you know, second part of their – if you've seen the schedule, the schedule really works for the Ravens except this game. But since they don't have Aaron Rodgers, the softness of the second half schedule starts now, and they get mm-hmm. they get the Green Bay Packers with, with a uh, quarterback that has been not playing very well, even though they did get the victory against the Chicago Bears last week. But I'm looking at a lot of other things. I'm looking at the fact that you've you got a football team that is coming in with that young guy. You've got three guys on the defensive side of the ball for Baltimore. That's going to give this guy a hard time. Jimmy Smith, Brandon Carr, and Marlon Humphreys. Those guys have put themselves in a position to where they have brought down the opponent's completion com- percentage every week that they play when they're all out on the football field at the same time. So you've got to look at some of the stuff. You've got Smith. This is his seventh season. Brandon Carr, he's tied for the lead uh, with three interceptions um, after coming from the, uh, the, the Cowboys. Then you've got Humphreys. He was the first-round draft pick. Now, you look at that defense, and you're going, wow, what's going on? Th- then you're asking the question, what's going on the offensive side of the ball? And that's where, the right now, the Ravens are struggling. I don't think they're struggling defensively uh, to where you have to worry about them, but when you lose three to three of the last four, and you you got the situation they got: Green Bay, Houston, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Indianapolis, and Cincinnati for the rest of the season. Most of those teams are below 500. Houston's three and six. Detroit's five and four. Pittsburgh seven and two. But you got Cleveland zero oh and nine, three and seven. Indianapolis three and six. Cincinnati, and then you got the Green Bay Packers right here. So. As far as records are concerned, if you're the Ravens, you like what's going on for the second half of the football season, but it's got to be on the shoulders of Joe Flacco. And right now, he's ranked 31 in passer rating with a 72.2, number 33 in yards attempted, only at 5.3, and then he's thrown eight touchdowns compared to 10 interceptions. This is not Joe flacco S. He needs to turn into Joe Flacco if they expect to make a run to make the playoffs. And this is a football team I think is going to have the opportunity today because of what we were talking about. Well, I was just talking about as far as Smith, Carr, and Humphreys. I think they're going to put a hurting on the young quarterback there in Green Bay. And I'm, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm actually leaning Baltimore in this game, even though this game is in Green Bay. Um, just, just because they got the victory last week, I'm not impressed. It was the Chicago Bears. So you've got to look at the quality of the team, but Joe Flacco does have to show up, and they've got to at least put 21 on the board or they're going to lose this game. Sonny, it hurts to, it hurts to hear you say that. It hurts to hear you say, well, it was just the Chicago I know, Bears. I know. It hurts. <laughs> but I understand why, because defense, 
the Bears played a terrible game last Sunday, and, and oh, they deserve God, yeah. to lose that game. They they look like absolute garbage. But you know what are you gonna do? Um, you know, that's that's just the way the Bears roll. Sometimes they they give you a good and then they give you the bad. So that's what you've seen the past three three games with them. You've seen the good and then you've seen the bad, and you know all of ugly it last winds up to be ugly. <laughs> yeah. No. The, yeah. Well, the, the, well, you know, you mentioned earlier about if the Bears would beat the Ravens. They played earlier this year in Baltimore, and the Bears handled them pretty pretty well, um, aside from the fact that they almost blew the game and they went to overtime, but the Bears won in overtime. So, Right. But they, were, they dominated for the most part. But uh, aside from that, I mean, I, I'm leaning towards the Ravens in this game as well, simply because I think that um, – this is a game that um, I think there's pressure on both teams to win. And Absolutely. this is a game that could, that could really help these two take, take off you know, in the second half of their seasons. You know, for Green Bay, obviously mm-hmm. winning a game today will give, you know, the whole team a lot of confidence in Brett Hundley as their quarterback. If they lose, yes, could be, it could be a different attitude. It could be a different – um, mindset that the Packers have uh, going into the next couple games. For Baltimore, hey, like you said, I mean, you know, if, if they can win this game, they have a pretty pretty easy schedule going in the rest of the way, and, and it'd be smooth sailing for them. We can see the Ravens being a team that goes on a three, four game winning streak, and we're talking about them being in a wild card. So, um, you know, both of the both of these teams absolutely need to have this win today, but only obviously only one can win. So, I but the reason I'm leaning towards Baltimore is just simply because uh, they have the better quarterback in this matchup. I think this yep. is uh, you know the the secondary that you mentioned. Um, I think they're physical enough to be able to handle guys like a Jordy Nelson and a Devonte Adams. Um, you know, that's something that the Bears don't have or pretty physical corners. So that's why you saw yes. what you saw in, in that game last week where Adams pretty much, um, you know, made Kyle Fuller his little puppet. So, um, and, and then, you know, also for, you know, in inside defensively, I can see the Ravens coming up with some different blitzes to get pressure on Hundley to force turnovers and, I mean, when you got a guy like Terrell Suggs in your back pocket, Sonny, come on now. You know they're going to yep. unleash him against against a, a young quarterback like that. So look for those yep. linebackers to be flying all over the place today. And um, I, I would say probably two interceptions for this Ravens defense today. I agree. And I think Baltimore goes in. Go ahead. I, I agree. I think at least two. I wouldn't say more than two. I think I think two is probably the right number. Um, but, I mean, heck, you, you never know. I mean, he could have a four-interception day. Who would have thought Ben Roethlisberger would have five interceptions against your Jacksonville Jaguars? So you just never Absolutely. know. But, um, so. but I'm going to say two right now. That's the over-under for me is two interceptions. Um, you can choose to go over if you'd like, Sonny. It sounds like you, you do want to go over. But uh, that's probably what I'm looking at. Yeah, I, so I, I, I like probably would be because, 
because of what can come out and and the the fact that they are able to get those and you know by the way folks i do know the guy's name i just don't mention names that are irrelevant brett hudley is his name i get it i understand but he's he's so irrelevant it's pathetic um now situation just to give you some injury updates or what's going on green bay beluga he's out with the knee uh Burnett, uh, his situation, he is questionable for the game. He's got a groin injury. Uh, Aaron Jones, uh, torn MCL, gone. Montgomery, ribs, did not practice. So um, they they have got some big-time guys out on the football field that are not going to be there. Baltimore, on the other hand, they're coming off the bye. They also will get an opportunity to get Danny Woodhead back out on the football field. Mm-hmm. Reports are saying that he will be playing in this game, and that will help Joe Flacco. What, you say whatever you want. When you, can, when you can get Danny Woodhead back out on the football field, that means – he does one of two things. Number one, they might be able to get the running game going, and he's got some real protection because Danny Woodhead does know how to block. So that's another reason why when I was looking at the game, how I, I felt about this game, that's why I was up on Baltimore. So um, that's the way it ends up happening as we're looking at all of them here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as far as the games are concerned. Next game that's up on tap here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, the Detroit Lions, but keeping it right there. Why am I doing that? NFC North Lions won two games in a row. They're five and four. Chicago Bears three and six, losers of two. But Cuervo, this is that ever so crazy NFC North. I mean, obviously the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears have that tradition of beating the hell out of each other for over hundreds and hundreds of games. The Detroit Lions are not very far away. I mean, they've been in the division. they played each other for years and years and years and years and years as well. Um, Detroit seems to be back to where they are. I, and I, you weren't on the show, so I'll do it. I, I stuck a fork in the Green Bay Packers. I struck a uh, stuck a fork in the Chicago Bears. So there's only two teams that are left. That would be the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm sticking it in the Minnesota Vikings as well because right now you get you are getting a healthy Matthew Stafford out on the football field for Detroit. And when this guy is healthy. This is a different football team. If you go back a couple of weeks when you've seen that two-game skid that they were losing, it was when Matthew Stafford had a hammy and a high ankle sprain. They get the bye. They come back off. Guess what? You get Matthew Stafford at 100%. They've won two games in a row. And now look out for the NFC North. But it is the Bears. It is Chicago. And I throw the records out, record books out the windows because – this is not your normal football game. This is the in-division uh, in rival that happens each and every week. The Bears coming off that big victory against the uh, – or the big loss against the Packers, they're going to be pissed off as well because they should have won that game, Cuervo. Let's be honest. So when you're looking at this game, what what is standing out to you when you look at your Chicago Bears going against this Detroit Lions football team? Well, I mean, the way I see it, Sonny, if Brett Hundley did what he did against the Packers, imagine what Matthew Stafford is going to do against that defense today, that secondary. The secondary that just kind of like all of a sudden forgot how to play after the bye week. 
I mean, if you think about After it. After all that build up, you're just going right to that, and you're already going to squash your bears immediately. I, I mean, I set this up for you to have a 10-minute a, a uh, positive love for the Chicago Bears this week. Sonny, <laughs> After losing a week after losing to Green Bay, it, it's I, I'm every Bear fan is disgruntled right now. I'm telling you, I got I, it. I, I, it, it. Losing to Green Bay, it's like I don't know. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say something inappropriate, but it's like kissing your sister. You know, I mean, just yeah. I, I, it just <laughs> makes you. It makes you. It just makes you like. Oh, I'm like, no, that's not. Oh, it just doesn't feel right. It, it's not. It's not good. It's not a good feeling to ever lose to the Packers because, as Bears fans, that's what we live for. We want to see Green Bay lose every week. But yeah. you know, the fact that they've dominated the past twenty years against us, it just you know, it just makes you sick to your stomach. But it's like you got I mean, coffee breath for you know, all the time. The bad taste of coffee breath. I get it. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad, and it makes you want to brush your teeth, just like coffee yes. breath does. Got it. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. So, so with that, hey, but said, he, he, I mean, oh, go ahead. No, no, I, I was just I was just going to jump into Detroit five and four. You know, last two games they've been averaging 34 points a game. You know, that, that's obviously with a healthy Matthew Stafford. That was against – but it was against the Packers, which is always but – but it was the Cleveland Browns, okay, that right now um, ranks sixth in the NFL with 27.1 point per game. I, I look at that number right there, and then I got to ask myself, well, what's going on with the Chicago Bears? Well, they've averaged less than 20 points a game. You know, I, the, the stat just completely bitch slaps you all over the place when you see that. And not only that, the Chicago Bears are trending downward right now. And the, and the Detroit Lions, they're all, they got their eyes on the playoff square, though. There is no question in my mind. And the fact that Matthew Stafford has been able to run up a 96.3 passer rating, 20, over 2,400 yards, 17 touchdowns to only five, five interceptions, Golden Tate, which, by the way, get this, Golden Tate, 56 catches, 659 yards, three touchdowns, and leads the league in my favorite stat, the yakety yak. When you catch the football, it's about what you do after the catch. And Golden Tate, again, I mean, listen, Golden Tate's not the best wide receiver in the world, but if he catches the ball, look out. That guy puts, he puts more yards and, and pats uh, quarterback stats like you wouldn't believe, and you gotta love what that's going on. They will go to Golden Tate on the, uh, today. The Chicago Bears secondary is pathetic, Cuervo. It's pathetic, and he's Matthew Stafford is going to cut around the bone like it's a, a fine ribeye, and he doesn't want to leave anything on the bone. They're gonna pick the Chicago Bears off, you know, to pieces, and I see a route about ready to happen here, my friend. And I think I lost uh, Cuervo, or he's no, just, no mute. he muted himself. <laughs> I muted myself because I was, I was cussing at the same time. No, I wasn't cussing. <laughs> um, 
No, I mean, I, I, I hope you're wrong, Sonny. I don't want the Bears. I hope I am too. If they get routed, John Fox loses his job today. John Fox loses his job Monday. Okay, that guy is out of Chicago, by the way. I mean, he he will be one of the first. Yeah, he he's and he and he is so. I mean, he is out. It's you know personally, he's out. Forget the fact that the the franchise is done with him. He is out of it. I mean, mentally, he's not there, and that is obvious. And if they get beat up like I think they're going to get beat up, John Fox will be gone on Monday morning, if not Sunday mm-hmm. night. Yeah, I mean, he, he – I think last week he knew he was done. If you if you watch that game, I don't know if you remember the, uh, the challenge. Well, let's, let's talk about that challenge that he – that he threw. Oh God! Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, you know what I'm talking about. What the? What the hell? I mean, and and, and that just goes to what you're talking about, Cuervo. You're talking about a guy who's already checked out. That that was so stupid. Yeah, and, and and what kills me is that number one. Okay, I don't know what they saw because I saw that I. I I didn't watch the game, but I saw the play. Okay, I saw the play on what happened, and even I knew that's probably something that we shouldn't challenge. Whatever advice he got to challenge that tells me one of two things: either number one, they tried they tried to outsmart the refs, or number two, and I've heard I haven't heard anybody say this. But John Fox was set up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I can't think of anything else, Sonny. I can't think of any I, other reason, logical reason, why you would challenge something where the ball is clearly coming out of his hands prior to the goal line, and uh, or prior to him crossing the goal line. Well, I don't know what made them think that that's a touchdown, but man, I, as soon as as soon as that got overturned and it was called a touchback. Yeah, I think John Fox knew at that moment. He's like, "I am done. It's over. I'm, yeah. I, I'm done." <laughs> no, no I, I really do think it that. was the it was the worst challenge in NFL history. Cuervo, I mean, we've seen some dumb ones. I mean, but in this case, this was this was pretty pathetic. I mean, I, and I, you're right. I don't know what he was thinking. Was he getting bad advice? I mean, you know, just already this year, we've had an incident where a ball goes out of the hand, hits a pylon, and it's a touchback. I mean, I, I mean, frankly, as soon as I saw it, I said, that's a touchback. I didn't need any expert from New York telling me that's what the situation was. And, you know, I don't know. It, it's. I think you're right. Uh, the, the checkout has happened in Chicago from John Fox, and it, it's pretty obvious, and it's pretty sad at the same time. So that that's, you know, I don't know. I mean, do you do you think the Bears have a chance in this game? You think they they're going to make a game out of it? I think I think they have a chance. Absolutely, I think they have a chance. It just some things have to fall their way. They have to get they have to get back to the defense that they've been the past few games prior to Green Bay where yep you know they're they're creating turnovers they're getting pressure on the quarterback uh you know stuff like that the way they looked against Carolina 
and I'll even say the way they looked against New Orleans, even though they lost that game, um, I mean, I think I think they gave they gave Drew Brees all kinds of fits. If you go back and you watch that game, nothing came easy for the Saints in that game. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I, they held they held the Saints to 17 points. When was the last time we heard a team hold the New Orleans Saints to less than 20? And the Bears held That's them to 17. Yep. So. So in reality, I mean, I thought the Bears played a really good game. It's just offensively, they 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 didn't get enough done to win to win the football game. So that's why they lost, you know, with you know that they did. But <clears throat> the way they looked against um, Green Bay last week was just I I, I can't explain it. it. It kind of feels like you know when you, when you go on a bye week, normally you look better. But for the Bears, yes. they went on their bye week and they looked worse. Like, why? How does that happen? You go on your bye week and you look worse? What did you guys do? Did you play poker for two weeks? Not practice? <laughs> did you did you go to did you go on vacation? Did you go to like, you know, Cabo San Lucas or something and, and forget the practice? Like what what did we do as a franchise, guys, in the bye week? Yep. Because it, it didn't look like you did any type of of uh, practicing, no game plan was made. Like, the Bears just looked – they were all over the place from what I saw last week in that game. And, and, and Green Bay was prepped. They were ready to go. I mean, now now they get another home game in, in the division against Detroit. Um, and like I said, if Brett Hundley did what he did against, against the Bears – um, I, I'm, I'm afraid to, to see what Matthew Stafford is going to do, but I, I'm crossing my fingers that they that they look better at least defensively because offensively, it's just not happening right now. It's it's just not. Yeah. I mean, you've it, got it, one of the most explosive young rookies in Tariq Cohen, and he gets two touches against the Packers last week. Two, one run, two, one catch. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Are you kidding me? I. <laughs> So <laughs> I understand. I understand. So an interesting situation that's happening right there. I, I, I don't know what's going on as far as that whole thing is concerned. It, it's only going to get worse before it gets better Cuervo. And that, and that's, that's the bad thing when it comes to that. So uh, both up on, both up on the, um, the Detroit Lions here today, um, as unfortunately Cuervo could not, you know, take the chat, you know, take the chance and and move on. So that having been said, next game that's up on, and then we're going to take a quick break after that one. We don't have a lot to talk about it, but today is the day that I'm finally going to declare the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to make the playoffs. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. The rest of the schedule for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Cuervo, is set up beautiful for them. I mean, it starts today as they get the Cleveland Browns. Next week, they get the Arizona Cardinals. Granted, it's on the road, but the Cardinals suck. Then they are at home against Indianapolis. Then the only game that might give them fits, and they might win it, Jacksonville Jaguars against the Seattle Seahawks. Then... Houston, then San Francisco, then Tennessee. Jacksonville Jaguars are gonna win the South. They're gonna and and I 
I, I, I'm not a believer in them. They're, they're going to be a first-round defeat. But right now, their schedule is set up for the Jaguars to look like they're the one of the top five teams in the AFC, and they just are not. That having been said, that defense is so stifling, it's unbelievable. Whether they're getting to the quarterback or whipping the ball out of the air on attempted passes, the Jacksonville Jaguars look like a team that could move in. The problem is, of course, is they got a quarterback that is worse than pedestrian. And that's where the Jaguars are going to have to hope that their defense, a la Baltimore Ravens in a few years back, are able to maintain them in order to get close victories. Because even in these games, those games that they should win no problem, they're going to be close. And the reason is, is because they don't have the quarterback that can definitely move them on. The Jaguars are going to make the playoffs, and they just, I'm just going to say it. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, Cuervo. And today's game's not even worth talking about. They're going to destroy the Cleveland Browns. They are, Sonny, and, and I need Leonard Fournette to play. All right? So yeah, make no. whatever phone calls I, I, you need to make. <laughs> I need Leonard Fournette to play. I got bad news for I you. I, I got I got, I got bad news for, for you regarding Leonard Fournette. He is not playing for everything that I have, I, that I have read upon. Leonard Fournette is not going to play today. So I don't know how good, well, you know. That, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I've, read, I've read different things, too. He's going to be a game-time decision. Um, he's not playing. Uh, he's listening. It's questionable. Why so, would you? Quavo, why would you? You're the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're playing the Cleveland Browns. Now, granted, listen, they're going to give all the political correct answers out there for everybody to hear about how great Cleveland is and how hard they – but the simple fact of the matter is the Jaguars know they're going to win this football game. Why do you put Leonard Fournette in there as rookie quarterback, test a injured ankle? Listen, any other, any other uh, injury – I think I'm okay with him being there. But ankle, high ankle, or knee, you don't put Leonard Fournette in this game. You don't even have him listed as questionable. You have him out because they, they – now, granted, they got backup uh, running backs, but they're not as good as Leonard Fournette. But Ivory can get the job done against the Cleveland Browns. There's no, there's no reason that Doug Marone should be playing Leonard Fournette today. Sonny, Sonny, he's officially questionable. I just saw it come up, so um, yeah, that, yeah, that answers that question. But I need him, obviously, for fantasy, fantasy points. That's why I need him. <laughs> now, if he doesn't play, that's all right. I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna blow up his Twitter account like some people. Like, oh, you're such an a hole. You should have played. I need you in fantasy football today, like some people do. <laughs> like, I would never do something like that. But it would be nice if he played today. So I'm just, I'm just as a Jaguar. Maybe fan, send them a nice team. message on there. <laughs> yeah, could you please play? I really need you. I need I really points need for you today. <laughs> could you please? I will send you a Christmas card, Leonard Fournette, if you play today. Yes, there you go. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's I, what I need to I, do. And, and, and really, that's all you got to look at in this football game. By the way, Jacksonville Jaguars have won three games in a row. I mean, and they're going to get four. And it's quietly, the Jaguars have been doing it. But now, 
the thing that is not quiet is that defense. That defense is serious. Um, and, you know, I, the, Brown, the Browns mailed it in after week three. So that's the way it usually ends up happening. So um, I'm, not, I'm not very enthused about what we can get from the Browns this week uh, in order to get the victory there, Cuervo. I mean, I, yeah. can you think of anything? I mean, if the defense would have to, you know, all of a sudden have amnesia and forget how to play football. That's the only thing I could think yep. of. Um, I mean, Cleveland's yeah. just such a bad team that, I mean, it's almost like Jacksonville would have to try to lose this game, Sony. That, that's I get it, yeah. <laughs> and, well, that's for any team. I mean, that's for any team against Cleveland. They would have to try. Because that's how bad the Cleveland Browns are. You would have to try yeah. to lose to this team, and sometimes the Jack or the the Browns might mess it up, and you would win the game anyways. I mean, you would like you're literally handing them the game. Like here you go, you can win, and Cleveland would yeah. still find a way to screw it up. Like that's how bad of a franchise they are. I used it, to feel sad. bad. I used to feel bad for Hugh Jackson. Him taking this job was the biggest mistake he ever made. That that's a guy that needed a paycheck. Because I mean, not I don't feel sorry for him. You take that job, you knew what you were getting into. So you oh, know, I, I don't feel bad for Hugh Jackson. I used to. I mean, because the Raiders screwed that guy over. Let's be honest. But but you you look sure. at that whole situation. You take the anybody who takes the the Browns job gets what they get. Okay, and and that's a franchise that is out of control, and they they have no interest in winning. And I feel bad for Cleveland fans because they got some rabid fans. They're not they're not as rabid as the uh, Raider fans are, but they're pretty they're up there. And I feel bad for the fans more than anything. But any coach that takes that job, you know, it, it, they got to either a be desperate for money, which is what I think Hugh Jackson was, uh, just so he can pat that pocketbook, um, but. I, I don't feel bad for him. He's the one that took that job, knowing what he was getting into. I, you know, I can't feel bad for him. No, no, and nobody should, Sonny. I mean, the thing though is that you know a lot of a lot of coaches go into that job thinking, I, I can turn this franchise around and I can make Cleveland irrelevant, or I can make them relevant again. Uh, but the problem to me is not the coaches that they hire. It's not it's at all. everything else. It's everything yep. else. And I know that sounds crazy, but here's the thing. You can't continue to try to put a square, a square block into a round peg hole. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You, you understand what I'm saying? But like, you can't yep. continue to try to fix the same problem by doing the same thing over and over. You have to try different things. And, and, and right now, I'm sorry, but changing head coaches every year, that's not the answer. The answer yeah. is you need some guys in that in that front office. You need an owner that that knows football, okay? Not just oh yeah, I watched a couple games growing up as, as as a kid. Like no, 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 no. You need a guy that knows the game. All right, B- businessmen. All right. I mean, Jerry Jones played football. If I'm not mistaken, he played at Arkansas. He played. So he knows the game, and he understands yep. the business of the game. So, he's actually a coach, too. <clears throat> yeah, so there you go. I mean, he's, he's, he's done different 
things in within the game that <clears throat> a lot of these owners don't understand. They're just in it for the money, okay? And to me, that's what you've got with the Cleveland Browns. You've got an owner that's in it for the money, okay, and doesn't understand how to run the franchise. And for a city like Cleveland, that that's – I mean – Let's be honest, Sonny. The Browns are extremely important to that city. All right, this is not just like, oh yeah, we have the Browns. Like, no, people still love the Browns in Cleveland, and to give them that type of product year after year after year, where they're you know two and fourteen every season, they're you know they're zero and nine this year. To me, I mean, how do you not? How are you not ashamed as an owner to, to sit there and, and, and tell yourself, boy, I'm putting – I'm, I'm proud to put out the worst product in the NFL in the city of Cleveland, for, for the yep. city of Cleveland. To me, that, that's just it's sad. It's just sad. It's an I mean, embarrassment. Yeah. It's an how embarrassment. do you sleep at night? Like, honestly, how do you sleep at night knowing that the, the Browns fan base – is so loyal to that franchise, and and, that, and this is what you give them in return. It, it's, yep. To me, it's it's you disgusting. Can't in that. You can't spin that in your favor <laughs> at all right now. I mean, look at the history uh, since they came back, Corvo. It's a football team that hasn't even smelled the even come close to smelling the playoffs. Now, granted, they're yes. in the toughest one of the toughest divisions of football, but man, it, how about how about just a little respect, respectability? I mean, let people look at you and and at least feel that you've got some interest in. Because right now they're not challenging squat right now, and they and right now they they they're not showing that they're even you know going to consider that even later. So it's something that the, the Browns are going to have to put up with until something happens and. Granted, you know, ownership or whatever the case may be, you know, general manager, it's not, I, I'm putting, it's not on, it's not on the coaches. I mean, coaches can only coach the crap players they bring in there year in and year out. So it's not on them. So, yeah, I think we're, we're all set here as far as uh, the, the game. I think you're up on Jacksonville. So that's a pretty easy one. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take the second break of our three hour block here. Cuervo, we're going to uh, do that. When we come back, we're going to take a look at Kansas City, New York, Ravens and Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Miami. We're going to roll through some of these uh, as we get closer to the top of the hour for kickoff here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said, we'll be right back. Hunter Tree Service and Sump Grinding offers more than just tree trimming and removal. We also offer landscaping services, planting, fertilization, stump grinding, and tree health. So if your tree was hit by lightning like mine, or you just need regular tree maintenance, contact Chad Hunter at 972-971-4036. That's 972-971-4036. And let them know you heard it on the Rowlett Eagles Radio Broadcast. At Regal and Rustic Estate Sales, let us take the burden out of hosting, staging, and cleaning of your estate sale or liquidation. We will provide reliable, friendly service with an experienced crew. 
We have an excellent reputation for professionalism with exceptional customer service and knowledge. We understand that staging and drawing attention to your sale is key. Most importantly, we listen to our customers' needs and pay attention to detail. That is what separates us from other local estate sales and companies as we truly care about your presentation, property, and belongings. That's Rego and Rustic Estate Sales. Contact Renee Sheffield at 972-861-0231 or check us out on the web at regalandrustic.com. Don't just call any heating and air conditioning repairman. Call an expert. At Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning, we are your experts. Whether it's a seasonal maintenance that keeps your system running at a peak efficiency or a complete replacement of your system, Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning does it all. Common Sense Solutions for your home comfort. Stevenson's, where quality is our standard, not our goal. Give them a call at 972-475-3227 or check them out on the web at stevensonshvac.com. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. <laughs> Unpleasant surprises can be annoying, but sometimes they can be devastating. If your retirement plan is vulnerable to unpleasant surprises, you do have a choice. There are strategies that can help ensure that any surprise is a welcome one and reduce the threats to your retirement. Nest Egg Wealth Advisors specialize in helping protect your portfolio from unpleasant surprises. Visit nesteggadvice.com or give them a call at 972-412-6064 to request a guide to your nice, predictable retirement. All right, we are back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is Sunday morning. If that being said, the Sunday morning tradition continues as we look at all the games that are up on tap here on the Couch Potato Sports Show and get everybody ready for what's going to happen at the top of the hour at noon. So that's just what we do each and every week. So let's get back into it. Next game up on tap here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we cover them all. 
going to be the Kansas City Chiefs against the New York football Giants. Kansas City losers of one in a row, three in a row for the Giants. The Giants have mailed it in to Cuervo. But here's the thing. This game's at home. This game's scary for a Kansas City Chiefs football team as that sometimes they have a hard time on the road. They lost against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas in a close game. And the Giants, you know, they don't have anything to lose. If they're in this thing late, watch out. The Kansas City Chiefs could be in trouble. This could be that what do they call this? This could be that setup game where they could get in a lot of trouble as they're six and three out on the football season. Cuervo, they can't afford to lose this game. Yeah, it, it could be. It could be one of those classic letdowns, um, you know, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Personally, I don't yeah, think trap so. Game. <laughs> yeah, trap game. I don't think that'll happen, though. In my opinion, I think. I think the uh, the Chiefs are. I think they're focused. I think they they understand after the game against Dallas that they have to continue to remain focused and not forget what the goal is. And the goal is to get back to the playoffs and get past, um, you know, the AFC division because that's that's their stopping point right now. And and they need to get back into the AFC championship game. If Andy Reid's going to continue to be the head coach, if Alex Smith's going to continue to be the the quarterback for this football team. Um, they have to they have to set the bar a little bit higher this time. Absolutely. They gotta get they gotta get to New England in that AFC championship game. That it's it's either that or or major changes are coming in Kansas City. So <clears throat> and and it's games like today against the Giants where you would think well, I mean, shouldn't be a problem for the Chiefs, right? Well, when you underestimate a football team, uh, this is the NFL. Anything can happen. I mean, Eli Manning went into Denver a month ago and picked apart the Denver Broncos defense when, at that time, everybody thought that that Broncos defense was the best that the NFL had to offer. And Eli Manning, of all people, without Odell Beckham, without Brandon Marshall, went into Denver and, and picked them, like you said, like like clean clean off the bone of a ribeye steak, clean them yep. up, and, and <clears throat> because Denver underestimated the New York Giants, so absolutely, I think I think maybe Andy Reid took that game as a testament of look, don't don't write these guys off because they will come into our house and they will steal a game from us if we're not ready to go. So I think I think the Chiefs are going to be fine today. I mean, I think Andy Reid is a guy that and knows how to have his team ready and focused and ready to play. Absolutely. And we talk about, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, head coaches. And and you look at Bill Belichick, and, you know, you don't question this guy coming off the bye. Well, Andy Reid's no slouch either. He's only 16-2 and coming off the bye, okay? So, you, you, you know, so he's no slouch there. But here's the thing that really bothers me as far as the Chiefs, because this struggle, they are struggling big time on third down. They're 17-49 in their last, you know, four games, okay? An offense has gone below 300 uh, yards a game in those games, and so – and they're averaging, they're giving up over 420. So 
Coming off of the bye, Andy Reid better have gotten that defense whipped up and ready to go because if you give Eli Manning enough time, he'll look like a Hall of Fame quarterback. And obviously right now he's not. I've been telling everybody he hasn't been for the last three years if you listen to this show. But this is the kind of letdown game that if you go in there nonchalantly, the, the Giants will whip your ass. And that is one thing that they can't afford right now, sitting at 6-3, and three, seeing where they are in the standing square, vote because right now they're at top at 6-3. and three. If Oakland goes on a roll or a run, then they're going to have to deal with the Raiders, who, you know, depending on their situation, if they if they get going, that could be not a good thing for Kansas City. Um, right now, they're primed to win this division. All they got to do is make sure they stay ahead of Oakland, because they're not going to get it from the Chargers. They're obviously not going to get it from Denver this year. So now they just have one team to keep their eye on as far as the playoffs is concerned. And Andy Reid, I'm telling you right now, the guy is money. I, I've, I've admitted that I was rude, rude. I, I've admitted I was rude, rude, wrong about Angie Reid because what he has done with this Chiefs say. I, I, I got Chiefs all day on this, but the, the word of the day, Cuervo, for this game is focus. And you're on mute, my friend. Are you there? I might have lost Cuervo. Cuervo going once. Cuervo going I'm here, Sonny. There he is. (laughs) Don't sell me off yet. Don't sell me off yet. (laughs) Don't auction me off just yet, Sonny. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right, though. The the word of the day is focus. And and you can use that for both teams. I mean, if if the Giants want to uh, kind of, uh, uh, how do you say it, continue to have some self-respect or or continue to have teams respect them, then I think they can come into this game, make it close, maybe even steal the win. And Kansas City, um, you know, like you said, don't let this be a trap game. Stay focused and uh, go in there and win like like you're favored to do. So it can work for both teams. But I like the Chiefs. I've got the Chiefs in this game. Uh, I think I think the Chiefs are going to be just fine. Yeah, I think they're they should be just fine. And so you gotta you gotta trust what you got as far as your leadership is concerned, and that is Andy Reid. Next game up on board here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, as that one was fairly easy. Um, it's going to go to another. Well, maybe not easy. But Tampa Bay, three and six, they won last week. Miami, losers are three and a three in a row, but they've been losing games close. Uh, well, they got wiped one uh, once, but some of the other ones they've they've been in football games. Uh, it, you know, both quarterbacks, the whole situation that's going on with Tampa Bay and what they have done. They won last week with their uh, backup quarterback, of course. And, you know, you, you got a guy who's got the experience of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Miami's just playing bad football right now, Cuervo. But, you know, this was a couch potato quarter pick. I have no clue who to take in it. Give me a reason to pick one of these two teams. Um, well, because somebody has to win, Sonny. Unless it's a yeah, time. that. But <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, when I think about this game, though, Sonny, I think about they, they call they're going to call this game the game that wasn't supposed to be. Okay, if you remember, 
in week one, um, you know, the the, uh, the whole situation with the hurricane happened uh, yep. down in Florida, and it caused Tampa and Miami to have their games canceled. And so they obviously re, redid the schedule, and, um, you know, these teams were not supposed to play today, but because of how it all worked out, now they're playing each other. So it's pretty crazy, but, you know... I, when you look at the seasons that they've had so far, um, obviously for me, Tampa Bay has been a huge disappointment. I, I I don't know how I, what I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I expected more out of the defense in Tampa Bay and that's why I picked them to win the division. Uh, but, uh, it hasn't just hasn't happened, but, uh, and then as far as Miami, um, I mean, we, we all thought Jay Cutler was going to look a little bit better than what he has, um, and it just nah. it just hasn't worked, Sonny. Yeah, wrong again. You know, that, that's, and that's what, but that's what that's what it is about the NFL. It's just so hard to figure out sometimes. You know, something you think is is so obvious, but it's not obvious. It's it's not. So, in reality, I mean. These are two teams that, in my opinion, have underachieved a little bit. I think Tampa's a better team than they than they play, and I think Miami's a little bit better than the, how they play. So, um, you know, for these two teams, I think, you know, with the distractions that Tampa Bay's going through, uh, you know, that that to me will will have some sort of effect on today's game. And you know what? I I think I like. Miami at home, uh, even with a, a Jay Cutler that uh, is starting to look like the Jay Cutler we all know and, and quote-unquote love, uh, he's starting <laughs> to be that guy again. And so it, it's, <clears throat> you know, it's uh, it's just one of those things where it's kind of like you kind of knew what you were going to get with Cutler, uh, but you still have to try at least, you know, Tampa took that chance. Yeah, Miami did. I'm sorry. I I wish I could trust Miami. I I really th- I you know I, you know Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jay Cutler. Who's better? You know you know I don't know. You know it, it it's just this game. But I just don't trust Miami right now. I mean what they've been doing for the last few weeks. You know they started off as they were winning some games, but you know I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Ryan Fitzpatrick over Jay Cutler, and, and really is not more than anything besides that because you know you, you get to a trust level. How do you feel about this team? What what do you think will happen in order for you to pick this football team to win? And right now I don't see I don't see anything that makes me want to pick either one of them except for the quarterback position. So I'm going to stick in. When I have questions on if I'm going to pick that team or not, I, I, I'm going to go with the better quarterback. So I'm, I'm up on Tampa Bay uh, for this one here uh, as we go on. Now, that having been said, next game that's up on board here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we cover them all, the L.A. Rams, winners of four in a row. 
go to the Minnesota Vikings, who are winners of five in a row. Both teams are seven and two. This one here, this one's going to be a good one. This is the barn burner, Cuervo. Not with the, uh, the high scoring, but just when you look at two teams, Minnesota is doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Win football games without your starting quarterback. Now, whether you thought it was Sam Bradford or Teddy Bridgewater, it's irrelevant. 7-2 and two is 7-2. and two. That means you're a pretty damn good football team. Los Angeles, they come in, the Rams, they, they come in with that same record at 7-2 and two with a quarterback that has been playing out of his mind after getting pistol whipped in the last seven to eight games last year um, for the Rams. So this is a guy who took his lumps and learned from them. And out of all the things that you want from your quarterback, from your rookie quarterback, Cuervo, is a guy that you see make the mistakes and then come back and learn from them. And two quarterbacks that have done that this year, one of them's Carson Wentz. The other one is sitting right here in Los Angeles and Jared Goff. And I will tell you right now, I've never thought in my time here in the next five years that we would be talking about the Rams going up in a meaningful game at seven and two, both teams against the Minnesota Vikings. This one's going to be a good one. I hope it's on red zone all day long. I hope so too, Sonny. I mean, it's going to get a lot of attention because both teams are seven and two. Both teams are looking at a playoff spot. They're leading their divisions right now. And yeah, um, <clears throat> And it's like you said, I mean, you've got, you got the young quarterback in Jared Goff who's starting to look like eh, he's halfway worth the number one pick. And then you've got, uh, on the other side, you've got a guy in Case Keenum who's, who's filling in very well for very nice. Teddy Bridgewater. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where this game has is, is got a lot of playoff implication. I mean, it, it's not week 16. But in week 11, this is where the playoff starts to shape it. You know, you start yep. to shape the playoff picture. And games like today, I mean, there's a big difference, Sonny, between 8-2 and two and 9 or 7-3. and three. So Absolutely. Big difference. I mean, I mean that, that, that could pay off big time. I mean, it could be the difference between getting a, a, a wild card game at home or you're the 60. And, and I know it sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, when when it comes to week 16, 17, we're going to look back at these games that we always talk about <clears throat> that's, <clears throat> that you think is not a big deal, but it helps to play. It helps to shape the positions in the playoff spot. And I mean, the loser of this game, Sonny, I think might lose the opportunity to have a home wild card game. I, I think you're absolutely right, and it could drop one team completely out of it, and I'm, ta- I'm talking about Minnesota. I think this, this game, if they have looked at this game besides that this is a playoff game, Minnesota is going to be in a lot of trouble because of the fact of what's going on. <clears throat> and what you said is absolutely right, Cuervo. An 8-2 and two football team, an 8-3 and three football team looks pretty damn good, but – when you've got the situation as far as your division is concerned, and, and your division is you know sitting where you have got to play well in order to stay there, Minnesota has the two-game lead right now on Detroit. 
But if Minnesota starts losing games with Detroit now on a two-game winning streak and prime, I mean, they got a good schedule set up for them as well. Minnesota could ill afford to lose this football game. And, you know, Minnesota's defense is what's going to keep them in football games without question. So when I'm looking at this game and I'm asking myself the question, you know, you got that, that swarming defense Jared Goff hasn't seen this season, Cuervo. You can talk about, you know, you know the Seattle. You can talk about Arizona. I, I think Minnesota's defense is better than both of those two football teams defensively. Now, the good thing is, is that it is Seattle's defense. So, you know, he got a taste of a good defense coming his way at all points before they have taken some major hits on the defensive side of the ball. That's going to be good for Jared Goff going into this game, and I think that experience against Seattle is going to come into play here this week. Sonny, are you sure you're not a mind reader? I don't know. Did and no, we don't call and talk to each other before the the show, guys. We we wing this <laughs> each and every week. So so I'm glad I'm not far off when I'm thinking about this game. No, 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 no. That's exactly why I'm taking the Vikings because you just said it. The defense of the Vikings is something that Jared Goff has not seen this year. Not a defense as good as Minnesota's. Okay, <clears throat> and 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 that's that's what is going to concern me about golf. You've got a guy on the road against a top five defense in the league. That to me, right there, is, is going to spell trouble for the uh, L.A. Rams today. Now, that being said, who knows? I mean, they could they could have something planned. I mean, you have to really look at. What does Minnesota's defense do well, and what do they not do so well? Uh, well, there's not a whole lot that they don't do well, and that's why they're a top-five defense. At least on the defensive so, side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. So, in my, in my opinion, I, 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 I just feel like Minnesota Vikings have the advantage because of the defense that they have and the lack of experience that Jerry Goff has really I mean like like you said he hasn't he hasn't faced a defense like that like this this year and not just him but just the Rams in general their offense has not faced a defense like Minnesota so far this feels almost feels like a playoff game in itself in week absolutely because you think about it we could see this game again come January if you think about it, all right, Minnesota, let's say they continue to, to, to do what they're doing and they win the division. The Rams, they continue to do what they're doing and they win the division. Now, who does that leave out? You've got the NFC West in L.A. and you've got the, um, the NFC North in Minnesota. Well, in the South, looks like New Orleans is handling that division pretty, pretty easily. And yeah. then out East. You've got the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, think about this. If the Eagles, at this rate, continue to play the way they play, they're going to be the number one seed. So they're going to have home field yep. throughout the playoffs, okay? New Orleans, yep. more than likely going to be the two seed, right? So that leaves Minnesota, that leaves L.A., and then you've got your two other 
wild card teams. Now, somebody's got to, you know, somewhere along the line, these two teams could very well face off again in the playoffs, whether it's the 4-5, which would most likely happen because who knows, maybe Seattle uh, starts to pick it up again and they take the three seed and then that drops uh, L.A. down to five or something like that. And then Minnesota's the force. Anything can happen, Sonny. But my point is, this is a game that we could very well see again in about nine weeks or in about eight weeks. And should be interesting. We're going to go I mean, back. That... We're going to go back and we're going to look at this game and break it down and say, well, this is why the Vikings are going to get deeper in the playoffs, or this is why the Rams are going to be that Cinderella team that could could go as far as as their quarterback takes them. So, to yep. me, Sonny, I think I think just as big as that Baltimore Green Bay game is, this game is is even bigger because yep. this is we're talking playoff, we're talking playoff seating, we're talking home field wild card game, all that stuff is on the line today for these teams. So, um, yep. I I, I got to go with the experience, Sonny. I like I like Minnesota. I I I look at what happened last year, and we, we're talking about. Um, the Rams were allowing 24 points a game. Okay, that was 23rd in the NFL. This year, the Rams are tied for third in scoring defense. The Rams have only allowed 18 points per game. Now, on the flip side of that, especially today, Minnesota, okay, shows a very good defense as well, only allowing 18.3 points per game. Cuervo, these two teams defensively mirror each other. It's, it, it's, it is one of those things. Now, I think the more dominating defense is Minnesota because of the way they play. They're more of a physical defense more so than finesse because that's what you're getting with the Rams. The Rams are not known to blow people up, okay? Now, the Minnesota Vikings, yes, they're known for that. And I, I'm right there with you, Cuervo. Normally, I like to take a football game like this, and I want to see who's going to be more physical in the game. But the only thing is, is I've looked at these Rams, I've, and, and I don't want to I'm, I'm by far the farthest away from a Rams fan that you could possibly be. But I've taken notice of what's going on here. Um, and here's one of the things that when I look at this game, I've got to ask myself the question, you know, will they be able to win on the road? And that's going to be my biggest question into this game. And Minnesota, they're mm-hmm. good at home. I, so I, I'm right there with you, Cuervo. You know, the couch potato quarter was about ready to be flown uh, on this one. But the more I look at that home field thing going on and the fact that Jared Goff hasn't seen this type of defense, that's different as well. So um, this is a total different football game than the Rams have played all year long, although they've done the right thing by getting rid of Jeff Fisher and getting a guy that knows young football players and getting the best out of them. Sometimes when you've got a coach like Zimmer and you've got that experience, that experience will beat out that youth, and that's where I'm at with this one. So I'm right there with you on the Minnesota pick. 
as far as this game is concerned. So I'm with you on Minnesota. Next up on board, here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, and boy, this one's going to be an interesting game too. It just depends on what you think about the Washington Redskins. Washington Redskins, four and five, loser of one. New Orleans Saints, winner of seven in a row after going 0-2 to start the season, and everybody wrote them off. And, you know, they went quietly winning four to five games in a row. Now people have taken notice. Washington's in a lot of trouble because they defensively, it, it, it is their sore thumb. I mean, you can talk about their offense not getting the job done. They're missing Trent, at, you know, uh, uh, Trent Williams. That's a big loss for them. I don't care. Out of all the players that are out there, Trent Williams not being in the football game is not good for Kirk Cousins. Now, I'm not saying that I'm a believer in this Saints defense. I'm not falling for the hype quarter, That's all I've been hearing is how great this defense is. I'm not falling for it because I think if they start playing better football teams in reality, they, they get exposed. But the Washington Redskins offensively, they don't have enough. And the uh, – Saints, if they get behind, all they do is start throwing the football. And if you're just going to throw the football and you're Drew Brees, guess what? You're going to you got a good chance of winning the football game. And you want to talk about people jumping on the bandwagon? The wooden wheel of that bandwagon is getting it's taking a lot of weight right now because everybody is madly in love with the Saints right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Sonny. Now. Just for the record, I'm not. I'm not saying the Saints are, you know, top ten defense, and I'm not falling for it either. They're just playing well right now. Exactly. I'm not saying they're. They're still not a good defense. They just. They've just, you know, I. I don't know if you want to say they've caught some breaks over the past few weeks, or. They just gotten lucky. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. something that you've said. But, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, for for their sake, they have played well. And that's what has allowed them to go on this seven-game win streak. The offense, we already know. You're, you, we know what we're getting with them. You know what you're getting with Drew Brees. You know what you're getting with that offense. But the defense is the reason that they're on this seven-game winning streak. Okay? Absolutely. You can call it, you can call it luck. You can call it whatever you want. But the fact of the matter is they're they're playing well. And, and, again, I don't think it's something where, you know, you're going to see all types of pro bowlers on that, on that defense, um, you know, in the pro bowl. But I think that right now they're, they, are, they are playing well. Um, and that's something that you can't – that you can't uh, acknowledge. You have to acknowledge it. You have to recognize the fact that – the defense is playing good, so we'll see if it continues. Though I mean, the Redskins are team. Sometimes when when you think when you think they uh, they're not going to look good or they're going to look flat, they come out and surprise you. That's the thing about the Redskins, Sonny. You just never know. I mean, it's it's, it's a mystery with the Redskins every week, and that's what that's what I that's what I do hate about this team. It's like you just never know. But yep, I think today though, I think. Uh, I think uh, New Orleans, to me, this is a fairly easy one. Um, I like yep. the Saints in this one. They're, they're at home. The defense is playing good. And Drew Brees looks like the Drew Brees we all know. 
I, I don't even want to go to the fact that the defense is playing good. I'm going to say their defense is playing good enough. And, and, and you know, here's, here's the thing. You look, at the, you look at the points that the New Orleans Saints have been giving up defensively compared to scoring. I mean, they give up 36 points in the first week to the Patriots, but it's after that that you take a look at it, maybe a blip here and there. They only give up 13 points to Carolina. They, only, they give up no points to the Miami Dolphins. The blip was the Detroit Lions where they let 38 slip past them. But then Green Bay, 17 points, 12 points to Chicago Bears, 10 points to Tampa Bay, 10 points to Buffalo. And then they go in and play, take on a football team such as the Washington Redskins that have a hard time scoring e- even when they win football games. So you're looking at a football team that doesn't score a lot. You're looking at a football team that doesn't necessarily give up a lot of points. And the Washington Redskins are not known to put up 30 to 40 points a game. And that's what's going to take to beat these New Orleans Saints. And that's just not going to happen. I'm all over. Oh, over the New Orleans Saints this week. Now, an interesting game here this week, Cuervo. I know you probably think it's easy, and you know, and I would understand why you would think that. The Buffalo Bills, they come, and they're going to take on the Chargers in L.A., 5-4 and four, Buffalo. They're sitting Tyrod Taylor, and they're bringing in Peterman to start at the quarterback position for Buffalo. The Chargers, they get Phillip Rivers back after a concussion. I I don't like concussions for quarterbacks. And I'm not saying that they're just not as smart after that. It's just that, you know, I, I know what it's like to have these things. I know what it does to your brain. I know what it makes you think you see. And I don't like this game for the This right here, you look at it, hey, Chargers should be able to get this one. And because, because Buffalo has been playing so bad. Because Buffalo has not put it together. I mean, you're looking at a football team right now. They've lost two in a row. They should have lost three in a row, um, even up on top of that. The Chargers have lost two in a row as well. This one here. This is a trap game for the Chargers, uh, you know, as far as being at home. They should win this football game. I don't like, I don't like quarterbacks coming off of, uh, of concussions. Uh, neither one of these teams are good. Um, Buffalo was an imposter when you started out at the beginning of the season. They're five and four. Chargers are always imposters. They're at three and six. But – I go, who's the better quarterback? Well, normally it's Phillip Rivers. But the fact that he's coming off of a, a concussion, I, I'm just I'm going out on a limb here. Neither one of these two teams are good. I'm going Buffalo. And, and the main reason, they got a running game. And when you can when you can lean on Shady McCoy a little bit, you know, more so, I, I think we're going to see a lot of that here today, Cuervo. No, I'm with you 100%, Sonny. You know, a lot of people are – Looking into this whole like oh they're starting Nathan Peterman or whatever his name is, um, yep, and, and you know ah he sucks they're gonna lose. Well, those are the same people that forget that well your quarterback is starting his first game doesn't mean he has to throw the ball fifty times. Okay, absolutely he'll be lucky. Forget about Shady McCoy they'll be <laughs> right. They can they, like you said they can rely on the run. It's going to be okay, Bills fans. You're going to be fine. Trust me. 
All right. Today. And, and for all those people that, uh, all those people, yeah, today. For all those people that think that, you know, the Bills are going to lose because they're starting a different quarterback. Again, don't forget about that running game. And and for the Chargers, yeah, I mean, you know, coming off of a concussion, like you said, um, it is a scary thing uh, for Philip Rivers. But even even if he wasn't Sonny. I still like Buffalo in this game just because of their defense. I like their defense. They've been uh, creating turnovers this year. I mean, Sean McDermott's done an awesome job with that defense, getting them back to Absolutely. what they were when Rex Ryan was the head coach. Um, so with that said, I mean, that's why I like Buffalo is because of the defense the opportunities they create for turnovers, and um, you know that that's that's something that um, you know is going to benefit Buffalo if they want to be a contender in in the AFC. They're not getting through New. They're not going to you know obviously they're not going to contend with New England for the division. But even a wild card is something that could be in their future. But Absolutely. You know, as far as you know, for today's game, though, yeah, I'm with you, Sonny. I'm, I like Buffalo. Um, their defense is going to get it done, and they're going to do just enough offensively to, um, you know, to to win this game. So, Buffalo. Just enough is a great is a great phrase in the last two games that we've covered. They're going to do just enough to get the victory, and even sometimes that's all you need, especially the NFL. You know, they're going to do just enough. And right now, as far as Buffalo is concerned, you're right. That, you know, their season well, is still okay. They're sitting there. They they should be thinking wild card. Um, and, you know, they, they've got a schedule that is not the easiest to get through, but they're winnable games, especially if they start utilizing the run a little bit more. Because let's be honest, Cuervo, we're not talking about Shady McCoy being one of the better running backs in the NFL. It's because they're not utilizing them. Shady McCoy hasn't all of a sudden forgotten how to run the football. It's it's situational football that is preventing Shady McCoy from being as good as he can be. And I think this game right here is a good indication on how to get back on the boat as as far as because of your, you know, lack of talent at the quarterback position, you gotta look elsewhere. Yes, yes. And and I mean and and that's the advantage is that you know, I, I mean, it's kind of like who would you rather have in your backfield? Would you rather have a guy like Shady McCoy or a guy that it's, it's kind of like high risk, high reward with uh, Melvin Gordon? Uh, I'm not saying he's he's not good. I'm just saying he hasn't been as good as Shady for the past, you know, couple months or a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, he started off hot. I mean, you know, yeah, Melvin Gordon started the season off hot, but he hasn't done a whole lot since week, what, four or five? Four or five, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, to me, the more consistent running back is is, is the older, the veteran in, in LaShawn McCoy. So, um, you know, with that said, I mean, to me, it's just kind of like I, I'm taking the guy with the, with the more experience. I'm taking the guy – 
that, uh, like you, like we said, sometimes it's better to do just enough than trying to do too much. And, and some teams fall into that trap too, where they try to do too much, and, and they throw a game away. And and I think, yep. I think the Bills, I think Buffalo is is a a, a better coach team than that. I think they're gonna they're 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 better coached than to try to do too much. They're gonna win this game. Um, because they're gonna stick to the plan and uh, and go out there and, and and try to to wear that defense down. That's what they want to do. They want to wear the defense down. It's almost like they're gonna run the ball to set up Peterman to get some throws downfield. That, that's the feeling I have. That's the feeling yep. I have. It's because when you think about it, you got a guy now in Kelvin Benjamin that you traded for. And yes. what is he known for? He's a deep threat. He's a deep threat, yep. right? So that's what you want to try to do is, is, you know, you set up the guy in Shady McCoy, and then when, when the Chargers aren't expecting it and their corners suck, the Chargers don't have good secondary. Their secondary is terrible. At all. But, At and, all. and when you don't expect it, you're going to go deep to Calvin Benjamin, and, and, and that's, that's what you're going to see. Calvin Benjamin Absolutely. will have uh, – a hundred yard game. He'll probably get a touchdown, uh, but the story is going to be Shady. Shady's going to have the big Absolutely. game for them. It has to be in reality, Cuervo. It has to be because of what is on the line in this game. You lose this game, you might be out of stretch for for the playoffs. You you might be out there. And like you said, when you're looking at the Chargers and that second, oh, that was terrible. Yeah, Crazy knucklehead, a terrible. Thank you, Charles. I didn't terrible. need your help. Neither, neither did the choir. Shut up. We know. They're terrible. And, and you're right. I think you, you set – that's exactly what you do in games where you're questionable at the quarterback. You set that run and get it going to set up the pass that you can maybe get one pass up. And you're right. Calvin Benjamin is that, is that reason, you know, of why they're, they're doing what they're going to do. I'm on, I'm on Buffalo on this one. Now, just before we go into break, uh, just to roll over, Tarvin, you know, we all had Pittsburgh on Thursday. Um, um, so mm-hmm. Tarvin has Arizona over Houston. He went with us on Baltimore, Detroit, and Jacksonville, Kansas City. Um, and now um, the the thing is is that um, we're all on the Minnesota Vikings. The only difference that we have is you have Miami uh, as. Uh, uh, Tarvin and I are on Tampa Bay. We're all on New Orleans. Uh, that this game that we just talked about, uh, the uh, Brian Tarvin he went Chargers as we went Buffalo. We got four more to cover here in the last hour, so we're going to take our last break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We're going to finish up with all four of them here. So take a four-minute break, close to a five-minute break, and when we come back, we'll wrap up the last games of the NFL, Two more, three Sunday night games and Monday night football. We'll be back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, and that being said. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. 
proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-star HVAC contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-star HVAC contractors serving Rowlett 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-star HVAC contractors. Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. All right, we are back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we will wrap the last 50 minutes up with the last four games that are on tap as we've got some good stuff coming your way this week 
Hey, we do just as good as the pros. You need just to hang out with us. We're more fun, too. So that having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. We're going to head on into the next game. And it's, it's a good one, folks, as you look at Cincinnati and Denver. These are two football teams that can't seem sometimes to be able to get out of their own way. And, Cuervo, that's one of the things that we got here today. Both teams should be better than they are. I mean, in reality, you look at these, this game, Denver should be better than 3-6. and six. Cincinnati should be better than 3-6. and six. Denver's lost five in a row. They may have Paxton Lynch today, but from everything I'm hearing, they're going to go uh, a different direction as far as that's concerned. You know, Cincinnati is just bad. They're just waiting till the end of the season. I honestly think this is the year that we see Marvin Lewis lose his job. I honestly think it's going to happen this year. I think everybody's pretty well done with that whole idea. Maybe the um, the bribes about the pictures and the goats might not have that much of effect anymore. So that having been said, you got two teams that are desperate here, but frankly, none of them are making the playoffs. So my question is, is how do you pick a game like this, Cuervo? I mean, you know, Cincinnati is Cincinnati. They should be a lot better. Uh, they're not, especially defensively. They're, they're struggling offensively sometimes to get the ball to where they need to get it to. But Denver is just an out-and-out mess. And you're on mute there, Cuervo. <clears throat> I was, Sonny. You're right. I was on. I always mute myself during the commercials. So, um, yep. That part, that 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 I'm sure, uh, you know, can be forgiven, but not during during the actual show. Um, yeah. I need, to, I need <laughs> to stop doing that. I need to stop nah. doing that. It's a bad habit. But uh, we're doing good. I like it though. <laughs> but you know, I mean. The thing with the, with Denver, obviously, the big story with them is the quarterback play. Well, the lack of quarterback yep. play. Then they turn around and they bring a guy back that they wanted nothing to do with, but they're like, "Hmm, Cleveland they released him. I bet we can get him for cheap." And when I say cheap, I mean real cheap. So yep. what did they do? They swallowed their pride. John Elway says, "Yeah, we'll bring him back." Um, Convince him that, uh, you know, maybe we made a mistake and we should have kept you, blah, blah, blah. Feed him what he wants to hear, right? And now he's back in the Broncos uniform. And then the, and then last Sunday night happened, and New mm-hmm. England absolutely destroys them. Mm-hmm. So, to me, I mean, this is what I first saw coming with the Denver Broncos. I have nothing against what they're doing defensively because they could play some defense, Okay. Despite what you saw Sunday night against New England, they're they're still a pretty good football team defensively. However, okay, the name of the game is scoring points. Okay, obviously you want to stop the other team, but if you can score more than the other, hey, you win football games, right? Pretty simple. But you the thing think. is, you would think the thing is they don't have the offense to score more points than other teams. And that's the problem that, that lies with the Denver Broncos. The Giants held them to three points. The uh, Chargers, I think, shut them out, if I remember correctly. Um, the Patriots last Sunday night held them to 16 points. At home. This is at home. This is 
the issue that I saw coming with the Denver Broncos. It was going to be all defense, no offense. And that, to me, is, is not how you win in this league anymore. You have to have the offense to, to put up 30. If you're not putting up 30 points as a franchise, Sonny, you're probably not a playoff team. And, and that, to, that goes to show you how much times have changed in the NFL where, hell, in the 90s, if you were hitting 20, you were a pretty good football team. Now it seems like 30 is the standard to be a playoff right. team. So Denver right now, they're, they're not even sniffing 30 points. They're not even close. And that's why right now it looks like they're not going to be a, a playoff team because they're just not – they're not putting up enough offensively. And, and, and I don't know if it's just lack of focus offensively or, you know, the quarterback play is just not there. But if I'm not mistaken, Sonny, I mean, they still have Demarius Thomas, who was an all-pro receiver. They still have Emmanuel Sanders, uh, a guy that can that can fly down the field and, and, and be a deep threat. They still have... Uh, the running game, and, and most importantly, Sonny, they still have that same offensive line they've had for however many years it's been. So, <clears throat> to me, I, I don't know if it's just a confidence thing where they just don't feel confident in the quarterback play or just the offense in general, but something something has to give with this offense, Sonny, and if it doesn't, uh, they're going to find themselves being a five-win team uh, this year, you know, going from Super Bowl champions two years ago to winning five games, maybe six games in 2017. So it's it's amazing how things can turn around so fast. I I look at I'm I'm looking at this football team and I'm, I'm where's the problem? Where it's not defensively. And they've given up no. a lot of points. They're always on the football field, so they give up the points. It, it, it's the problem is red zone. This is a football team that has not been getting into the end zone and getting touchdowns in the red zone, and that is a big, big problem. This is the NFL, man. You got you got to be able to get into the end zone if you're going to depend upon three points or not being able to get into the end zone from the red zone. Now. Obviously, you like to see points scored outside the red zone. But once you hit that 20 yards in, you as a football team, you've got to turn your football team into a, a, a chug-a-lug. And what I mean, you've got to chug up those yards. You've got to lug yourself into the end zone. You've got to be able to put yourself in a position where you put the pressure on the defense on the other side, okay, you know, so you can – you can do what you've got to do. And that, you know, and how do you do that? How do you demoralize defenses, score touchdowns on them? And, and they're just not doing it. And, and you, they're not getting into the end zone enough, and especially when they get into the red zone. But now the problem that I have with Cincinnati is on the other side. Is Cincinnati right now has the worst rushing attack in the league, Cuervo. And more than halfway through the season, it's a 3.1 yard per carry. And that is pathetic. 
pathetic as the, it, it, they're, they're going to break the franchise record. The franchise low is 3.6 right now. So they're in the, they're in the process of beating that out. And whatever happened to the guys like Giannardi, uh, Joe Mixon, all these guys that are going out? Well, injuries and struggle, struggling to gain yards, you know, and then the fact that they can't get the running game going, Andy Dalton can't pass the ball. So, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't even – I hate this game. This is the worst game in the world because you look at the Denver Broncos and what they do at home, you take away from that, that you know, uh, how do you say it, you know, that debacle. That's what it was, a debacle against the Patriots at home. This is normally a good football team at home. But they're, they're in oh, – you know, their lack of quarterback play is really, really hurting them really, really bad. And you still have Andy Dalton on the other side. You still have A.G. AJ Green. You still have Mohamed Sanu. You, you, you still got that going on. Right now, right now I don't have it in, in me, even though you go to Denver and the, and the uh, altitude has a lot to do with you. I just don't see what they're going to do offensively enough to beat the, 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 the Bengals here today, unless I'm missing something. Oh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know either, Sonny. I mean, I, it, it would have to take a, you know, 150 yard, three touchdown performance from A. Big Green to for for the uh, Bengals to win this game, uh, and it would have to take, you know, 100 yards rushing from either Bernard or or Mixon or one of those guys to to get a victory over the Denver Broncos today. I mean, I still believe in their defense. It's just, you know, offensively, it, it, that's going to be the thing is, is can they can they finally wake up and, and start putting some points on the board? Because, like you said, if, 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 the, if the Broncos continue to depend on their defense for everything, even, especially in games like today, where Cincinnati mm-hmm. offense can explode at any moment. I mean, they, they, they have shown that they can put up points at any given time. And, and if Denver's defense is, is gassed and, you know, in the third, fourth quarter, and they, and they, can't, uh, they can't hold on anymore, that Cincinnati offense is going to come in and, and, and just put a hurting on that Broncos defense. I mean, that's, that's how good they are. They could do it at any given time. So yep. um, that's what concerns me about this game for Denver. So uh, who do you have in this one, Cuervo? This, one, this one's a tough one. It is. It's a very tough one. Um, but I think I think I like Denver just because, number one, they're at home. And number two, I think that um, defensively, um, I think they're they're going to shut down the offense. Um, it's just going to depend on if Denver can get two solid possessions. Okay, I'm talking a chew up clock. They're driving down the field. It takes eight minutes off of the clock of a game. You know, in a quarter and they can come up with six, then I think Denver will, will be just fine. Uh, if they can't do that, then I think they're going to find themselves in a lot of trouble, and it's going to be a lot harder than they want it to be 
to win this game. But overall, I, I think just because of how good this defense is, I like Denver. Um, and we could we could see something where uh, they get a turnover and then Denver has a short field and they put up they're able to put up points like that. But in reality, Sonny, it doesn't matter. You get points how you can. It, 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 yes. It's, if it's all if it's all field goals and maybe a safety or something like that, if you can win, that that's all that that's you know that's what the name of the game is. You just, you just want to win, but uh, it's not going to be pretty. I'll tell you that. This is going to be an ugly game. I'm right there with you. (laughs) It's going to be, what do they call it? The old-fashioned slobber knocker, right? That's Mm -hmm. what this game's going to be. It's going to be a slobber knocker of a game. Um, It's not going to be, you know, Brock Osweiler's not lighting the scoreboard up anytime soon, at least not in this one. But uh, I feel like Denver, you know, I could see them winning a, a, you know, a 16-10 to game or something like that. Uh, it's going to be low scoring, but uh, but uh, I think I think this could be I think it could be entertaining if if Denver's offense can get going. I think it could be a very entertaining game. It's just don't expect it, don't expect it to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Cincinnati in this one just mainly, and uh, my buddy Todd has jumped in. And he says that Denver's problem they they have no pass protection. He's right. Osweiler is no better than Simeon. Uh, Simeon can make plays, but, you know, on the improvising, uh, the, the basic problem here, quarterback, the defense is really kind of hasn't played well, at least according to what Tim, Tim is saying. Uh, uh, Ray and Miller have uh, not done well on D. Denver uh, wins today mm-hmm. by six or seven, though, is what he's saying. The Bengals are just missing on offense. Yeah, they're they're sputtering on offense. They're they, you know just like a car. If you have a six-cylinder car and they're not hitting on all six of those cylinders, uh, your football team's not playing well. That and that's what both of these football teams are. And, and neither one of them are smelling the playoffs. I mean, in reality, so that, that that's what makes this game really kind of hard to pick. Because you don't know what's going to, you know, who's going to show. If one of these teams were in playoff contention, I think this would be easy. But the fact that they're not uh, makes it a very hard game to pick. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to stick with the Bengals uh, just because of the better quarterback and better offense. So we'll go that route. We'll find out if that works. Next game up on board here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, the New England Patriots. The Patriots, 7-2, best team in football. They travel cross-country to play the Oakland Raiders, who are 4-5. and five. And let's be honest, Cuervo, this is a football team now, instead of being in a position where they've got playoffs written all over it, it's desperation time in Oakland, more so than we've seen the um, the fact that at the beginning of the season there was so, in- so much anticipation there was so much uh, joy about what this season could have been. Injuries to their quarterback has really caused problems with this football team as well. So the Oakland Raiders right now, they, and, and here's another thing. I hate the fact this game is in Mexico. I really do. This game should be in Oakland without question, and, and that adds another variety to the game and gives the Raiders a little bit more but the fact this game is being played in Oakland, 
is a big, huge problem for Oakland. Not only that, I mean, it, you, you see a lot of stuff in this game that I think if it was played in the proper places, that could be the advantages to Oakland. But the fact that they're not in Oakland and the Patriots are so good and the best quarterback this season right now, all you got to do is look at the stats. You can sit there, and if you want to hate on Tom Brady all day long, the best quarterback in the NFL is Tom Brady today, and they're 7-2, and two, and guess what? They're going to wallop the Raiders here today. And, 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 but if this game was in Oakland, I would have half an inkling to go ahead and pick the Oakland Raiders here today, Cuervo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the problem is that you know, like you said, this game's not in Oakland. They're uh, it's a neutral site, which New England always plays well in the neutral that. sites. Uh, yeah, that. yeah. I mean, Super Bowls they got <laughs> at neutral sites. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They know uh, how to win. <laughs> uh, yeah, all five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all five. Yeah. But no, I mean, you know, that that's advantage New England, and so absolutely now. Now I will say that there's probably going to be more, uh, more uh, what's it called, uh, uh, Raider fans in that game than you'll find Patriot fans. That right. I will say it's going to be. A, it'll feel like a home game for the Raiders, but you are going to have that section of Patriot fans that are kind of kind of cancel it out. So, right. you know, with that said, I mean, I, I just, I just kind of wish that this game, like you said, was in Oakland because let's say, okay, let's, again, let's, let's throw another playoff scenario out there real quick. Cause I know we only got 30 minutes left in the show real quick. Raiders go on a win streak, right? They get, they get into the playoffs and we see this game again in Oakland. Let's just say, let's say, yep. The Patriots decide they're going to let off the gas, and Oakland goes in there, and they sneak, they sneak in and get the number one spot. Okay, now, now what happens? So, you know, do we do, now the game is actually in Oakland? How do these two teams respond? How does New England respond to having to travel to the West Coast? And can the Raiders, uh, you know, handle the pressure of dethroning the Super Bowl champs at home? Yep. Today would have been a great day for it would have been a great opportunity for the Raiders to see, well, can we beat these guys in our house if this ever happens if this happens again by you know, it's a shot in the dark, Sonny. It's a long shot in the dark that this actually happened. But you just never know. We I mean, God forbid something happens, Tom Brady gets hurt for a couple of weeks and he's out, and now you got well, I don't know who's the backup in New England now. They traded off Garoppolo. They traded off Jacoby mm-hmm. Brissett. You know who it is? I know. Who I have it no is. clue. You know who it is? No, no clue. It's your your boy. It's your boy. Oh, that's right. It is my boy. They got him from San Francisco. Brian Hoy. Oh my God, that's right. <laughs> they brought him back. They God. brought Brian Hoyer back. They definitely have all their money on black, and black is Tom Brady. Yeah. 
Yep, you're absolutely <laughs> right. And you better not hope a red comes up because you're in trouble. Absolutely. Red is injury, baby, <laughs> and that's not going to help them out at all. And, and, and I'll tell you, the Patriots, right? Hey, man, the Patriots and their defense, it, it, they, they've been holding teams to 17 points or fewer, fewer all year long in this winning streak in the last five. Last five games, they've held teams under 17 points. Not only that, this last game where they held the Broncos in the high altitude, they're going 2,000 feet higher in Mexico City. And the Raiders, the Raiders don't always beat the Broncos at home or, or beat the Broncos in Denver. So, you know, th- this one here is not a good game for the Oakland Raiders. And they're, they're going to find themselves on the outside looking in when it comes to playoffs unless they rip them all off at the end of the year. And right now they're just not playing like they can do that. And, and I love Carr. He just Carr, he's been fighting the injury bug. And that injury bug has really, really hurt this football team. At the most vital position, we talk about it all the time on this show, when you lose your quarterback, you lose football games. You lose games that you shouldn't lose. It, very rarely do you win games that you should, shouldn't win. I mean, I mean, very rarely you get a backup going in and beating a Tom Brady or beating, or beating a team that you have no business winning. It doesn't happen. But if they're on the same even kilt, that's where you got to depend on your backup. And they just don't have it. Neither The Oakland Raiders cannot be without Derek Carr. They cannot be without him at 100%. They can't not have him be the guy that they expected. And that's got to start this week. I, you know, even, even, even Carr, being a hundred percent and being the best he can, they don't have a chance in this game. They're gonna, they, this is another one. I'm, I'm calling blowout on it. The Patriots are gonna roll all over this football team, and the main reasons why is because Bill Belichick, you know, likes to go for the jugular on anything and everything that they do, and especially on a neutral site. I mean, they might they might let up a little bit at home, you know, you know, and so they don't lose it. I don't even see that this week. I think Tom Brady just goes off. He's going to throw for 360 and four touchdowns today. That's a that's a bold prediction, Sonny. I like it though. I, I think that could happen. Um, I I don't like the defense of the Raiders very much, and oh. I think they give up a lot. They give up a lot of. You know, I mean, we're so in love. This is the thing about the Raiders. We're so in love with what they do offensively, with Carr and Cooper and and and, and all that that we forget that their defense is not that good. I think a lot of people tend to forget that. So yeah, that's that's what hurts the Raiders in reality is that their their defense is not very good. But but it's all all is all is forgiven because their offense is so explosive. But that's why that's why I'm not uh, uh, I'm not sold on the Raiders being a Super Bowl contender just yet. I still think they need to get better defensively. Oh, I yep. know you were. I know you were. Yeah. But but again, it wasn't because of the defense though. It's because of how you feel about the offense with Derek Carr yep. and how good their offensive and line is. And, and right now, well, I mean, and, and Carr got hurt too. You know, let's not forget that. But at the same time, yeah, offensively, it's something's not, you know, there's there's certain things not clicking. Um, I'll admit, I will admit, I was 
<laughs> I was wrong about Beast Mode Marshawn Lynch. I thought he was going to have that hunger again to play uh, uh, and, and be a top running back like he was before, but that hasn't been the issue. I mean, he's, no. he's not even – I mean – He'd be a backup on a lot of teams, Sonny. That's how he's a liability right now. He's a liability, and you've seen that they lose a roster spot for a week because he runs out on the football field protecting, you know, protecting his was it his cousin or something. I mean, dumb dumb moves like that. See, so but that doesn't surprise me. Dumb moves and Marshawn Lynch, yeah, they go together. You know, like French fries and a hamburger. It's it, it's just what it is. He is what he is, as Dennis Green always used to say. He is what he is. He's a punk. Sorry, he's always been a punk. He's been a punk over in Buffalo. He punked it up over in Seattle, which fit for the team. But the simple fact of the matter is, the guy the guy is a selfish punk. And not forget the fact that he's a punk. He's a selfish punk because he won't put himself above the team. He puts he, you know, he or he puts himself above the team, not the other way around. And that was evident. And when he got suspended for a game, they lost a roster spot because of it. It 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 is what it is, and it's you know, it, it, his play is not what you expect in football. Football is the ultimate team sport. I mean, and I mean ultimate. Because when you got a guy that – and there's other guys out there that are, are just like him, okay? And, and the guy up in Seattle, you, you know, his, his other buddy that he's best friends with, Richard Sherman, you know, they don't put themselves above the team. Or, you know, or they, they do put themselves above the team more so than the other way around. It's the reason why the Seattle Seahawks are falling apart right now. I told everybody about this last year, and I reiterated it this year. Seattle's in a lot of trouble. Why? Because of the personnel. And you got that with them. You got that bad seat that a lot of people love. You, you hear about it, you know, you know, what do you think about, oh, we love Marshawn Lynch. Well, that cancer has cost you a lot of games as well. And you say whatever you want about him and his talent when you're a cancer you, you know, you you affect your football team in the negative. You know, it, that's what you get with him. And I, I I always thought it was the worst thing for him as far as bringing Marshawn Lynch on. You know, if he could have been the good little boy that played with his friends well, then maybe we could talk about that. But he is just not that kind of player. And it's evident in the way that he presents himself, whether he's irritated with talking with the uh, media Guess what, dude? You make millions of dollars. Shut up and say yes and no and be done with it. You know, and that kind of attitude kills football teams. And I honestly believe when you look at the Raiders, I don't want to pinpoint. There's been a lot of things, but a big per- portion of the percentage on why the Raiders are not successful has a lot to do with him. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with him. It has a lot to do, though, with the return of Derek Carr and – um, you know, just the, uh, the how well the offensive line is and things like that. And even, if, yeah. even they've had their hiccups every now and then during the season. I mean, losing to the Redskins the way they did uh, about a month oh, ago. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, that good was, point. That was mm-hmm. an ugly game. That was an ugly, ugly. game. Ugly. But then, but then they came back a few weeks ago, that Thursday night game against the 
Chiefs. And the way they came back really uh, was huge for them. So it's been it's been up and down year for the Raiders. But, um, um, you know, unfortunately I don't see them winning today either. Uh, that's going to drop them yep. to four and six. And at that Done. point, Sonny, they have to they I got I got a plastic it. fork right here on my desk, Cuervo. And my plastic fork is in my Super Bowl pick. And the, the Raiders are done. And, and, and they don't have a chance. Just the neutral field numbers, you know, that the Patriots. It, 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 my, my plastic fork can even pierce the skin of the Oakland Raiders. Their fork is in them. They are done. And, and and that's too bad because they had all the potential in the world to, to be a good playoff football team. They're done. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, even if they – I think they still might have a chance after tomorrow, after today, but they have to run the table. If they lose another game, then that's when I'll take my fork and put it in them. But I think they still have a chance. You, so you're saying that he got a chance. <laughs> Yeah, I'm saying <laughs> you, you are that ever so positive man. All right, next game, game of the week. Let's be honest, and I hate the fact that it is because I'm not, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm turning into, you know, a guy that loves the seven-game winning streak that are the Philadelphia Eagles, best team in the NFC, going against the overhyped, overrated. I We are so good, but we can't prove it out on the football field from year to year, whether you'll have the excuse of the uh, fact that you don't have Ezekiel Elliott. The simple fact of the matter is Cowboys are going to lose today, and it has nothing to do with Zeke, has nothing to do with the offensive line. It has to do with the fact that your quarterback of your defense is now about on the football field. Without Sean Lee in their football field, uh, on the football field, this team doesn't win football games. And guess what, Okay. That's not happening today because Sean Lee's not in it. Now, granted, we can talk about all the other aspects about this football team, whether or not they'll win or not. But the fact that they don't have Sean Lee out on the football field for them is the biggest, biggest obstacle that Cowboys have in order to win this game. This game's at home. This should be that slobber knocker. And it's not even close. So now you don't have Sean Lee. You take out Tyron Smith's not in there. You take out Ezekiel Elliott. You lose three of your big guys. Then you lose an offensive lineman that is not going to be out on the football field and Tyron Smith. This football team is decimated because of injury slash uh, slash um, uh, suspension, and the, Cowboy, the Cowboys are not going to win this football game, and, and I don't even think they're going to be in it. I, I think the I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to light up the secondary of the Cowboys because they're not that good. What did Sonny say at the beginning of the year? Um, they lost too much in the secondary. Yes, that's exactly what I said, and that's what's going to happen here. Carson Wentz in the NFC right now is the best quarterback in the NFC right now. Maybe second behind Drew Brees, who has a resurgence uh, of his youth right now. But give me Carson Wentz over Drew Brees right now, even right now. 
and, and I hate to say it because, you know, local right here, the Cowboys fan, this has nothing to do with the fact that I don't like the Cowboys. This has to do with the, the realization that you're missing four of your six stars, and number five in Des Bryant has been pedestrian all year long. So it, it is what it is. I mean, the, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to do everything, and they'll have success. They'll punt the ball two times today. That's it. They're going to they're gonna kill the Cowboys in Dallas. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's it's going to be a they're going to kill them, Sonny. I think they're going to beat them. Bloodbath. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, so uh, they say every squirrel every squirrel finds a nut every now and then. So that's true. The Dallas that's Cowboys, true. Who knows? Maybe tonight. Maybe tonight's game. They because uh, it is a Sunday night game, if I'm not mistaken. But who knows? Maybe tonight yes. they get they get a little, you know a little bit of luck on their side and. Maybe they they uh, bait Carson Wentz into an interception or something and make him make a game of it. Now, am I saying that's going to happen? Probably not, because like you said, the <laughs> secondary is not that great. But but okay. you never know. I mean, like I said, every squirrel finds a nut every now and then. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I've been saying it for the past three four weeks now. The best quarterback in the game right now is Carson Wentz. Okay, so all you Brady Patriot lovers, all you uh, 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 you know Drew Brees lovers, and, and and or even Aaron Rodgers love, I love to hear from Aaron Rodgers lovers, but um, all all you guys, I would love to hear your arguments against Carson Wentz being the best in the game right now, because I'm pretty sure. I'd be able to argue against any of those guys. I mean, think about it. The one, the, the biggest thing about Wentz, Sonny, he's not. It's not like he's throwing for 500 yards and six touchdowns a game. But you know what he's not doing? Take a while to guess what he's not doing. Mm, what he's not doing? Oh, turning turning the ball over. Absolutely. He's not turning the ball over. That's the key. Okay. Absolutely. I'll tell you, coaches, they don't care if you throw for 200 yards and one touchdown. As long as you don't turn the damn ball over, then you have a happy coach and you're probably going to win the game. So that's, that is the key to uh, winning any game. I mean, you don't have to – even if you, you know, score 20 points, if you don't turn the ball over – Chances are, um, you know, you're going to be able to win a football game. So that's that's what it really comes down to. Yep, it, it, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, th- hey, by the way, thanks for tossing me the softball, you know, arc. I appreciate that. Um, you know, the the defense. We talk about the defense of of the Chicago, the Cowboys, even Orlando Scandrick. This guy's getting this guy's getting fed up, guys. I'm telling you, I love it. Or by the way, I like Orlando Scandrick. I think he's one of the better at the at, at his position. But him and Garrett, you, you can sugarcoat that all day long. Him and Garrett went off on each other on the sideline after the uh, the Falcon game, uh, and Scandrick was all over him like flies on it. And when you've got that kind of thing, and and listen, I've not been 
a Jason Garrett fan all year long, okay? I haven't been a Jason Garrett fan ever since they made him the final coach. Um, I still question whether or not it was the right firing, whether it should have been Wade Phillips or, you know, Jason Garrett. All that was That's all water under the bridge a long time ago. But the same questions come in. When this game is on the line, where the, the questionable calls that come from the sideline, and this is a game right here, Cuervo, that this game, I say it's going to be a bloodbath, but if it gets close at all at the end of the game, it sure is stuff, okay? You're going to have Jason Garrett make a bad football play call, whether it's an offensive play or, you know, having the wrong personnel out on the football field, taking, taking advantage of a situation and not running the right play. Um, when, when you got – I mean, this year, if you watch the Dallas Cowboys, there have been many occasions where a, there is a key injury at the time it happened, not recognizing who is out on, on the football field as far as taking advantages of having the advantage. And that has been a complaint for Jason Garrett the whole time. And until he can get himself in a game to where he recognizes those situations, it's called situational football that the Dallas Cowboys are not good at. So if the game gets close, then you can, you can sure stuff depend on Jason Garrett to make the wrong call at some point. And that's what ends up happening. And then they lose football games. This team is not coached very well. You say, fall in love with Jason Garrett all you want, but he's not a good coach. And that is the problem here as well. Now, granted, they, they're missing a lot of guys. Where if those guys are in, they make this game close. But Sean Lee not being out on there, they're going to just throw that football. Watch the slants all day long here, Cuervo. Watch the 10-yard outs. They're just going to throw the football all over them. And the person that recognizes what's coming at them is not going to be out on the football field. That's Sean Lee. Yeah, I mean, when you have your, your, you know, the quarterback of your defense is out, that's that's never – I mean, but at the same time, I, I would think by now the Dallas Cowboys are used to being without Sean Lee. That guy's hurt so you much. You would think. You would think. Why do they keep him around, though, Sonny? That's my question. With a guy that because the dude is the first does. one there. He's the first one there. He is the best film uh, studier out of anybody on the defense. This guy That's... knows what's coming their way every single time. When those guys are down in the three-point stance on that defensive line, he is leading those those players in the right position. When they got that young buck out there, I forget his name, When they, this guy doesn't have a clue what's coming his way. There's no experience there. And Sean Lee, even with them being off the field a lot, like you said, they're used to this guy being hurt. This guy studies film better than anybody on the defensive side of the ball of that football team. So when you have a okay. quarterback as good as Dak Prescott, and then you have a good quarterback on the defensive side of Sean Lee, but it tells you something. Both of those quarterbacks have to be out on the football field in order for Dallas to be successful. So he's basically an extra offensive coordinator. Absolutely. To me, I, I, I don't know. I, I it, it kind of it's 
I don't know. I, I guess he, it, as long as you contribute in some way, if you're not able to play, that's good. Right. I mean, you know, he's a, he's a team player, which is awesome. To me, I just think that uh, if it's going to continue to be this, then I say cut him and see if he wants to get hired as a, you know, a, a coach. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, oh, this guy will be a coach. Absolutely. This I mean, guy will be a coach in the NFL. If not for the Dallas Cowboys, he'll be somewhere else. The, the guy, you can't the guys continue are, to pay a guy what you pay him. And, absolutely. And, and then you get what you get in return. I mean, the, if, yeah. he, if, he, if he's going to essentially be a coach, um, you know, he's, he's a very highly paid coach, let me tell you. But uh, I think it would be in the best interest of the Cowboys to just kind of cut him and bring him back on as a coach. And you're saving yourself some money, so absolutely. Um, but who do you got in this one, Cuervo? Um, I mean, of course, I'm going with the Eagles. I don't see, I don't give, I don't give much a, a snowball chance in hell to the Dallas Cowboys in this game. But, um, but you never know. I mean, I, I didn't think they were going to be Kansas City either. So, yeah, they they got yeah, lucky what, in that game. They 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 that that was you know, but. We say it all the time, Cuervo, it's better to be lucky than good sometimes. Lucky than good. Yep, absolutely. It, it, it is what it is. Monday Night Football has a good one, but it's not really good. Seattle is decimated defensively right now. They're not going to have Chancellor out on the football field, Cuervo. They don't have Sherman. The defense is definitely lacking. And guess what? Russell Wilson's going to have to run for his life out there and try to win the football game for him. It's one thing if one of them are down, but they don't have Chancellor out on the football field either, Cuervo. This one's a bad – it's a bad timing of an injury for the quote-unquote – and I say quote-unquote because I can't stand them – Legion of Boom. I hate that. I hate that too. Maybe it's because it's them. I don't know. But uh, but when you got two guys down like that, Cuervo, your defense is in a lot of trouble before you even step out on the football field. Yeah, you're right. They are in a lot of trouble. But I think what, what's going to save Seattle in this game is that they still have their front seven pretty intact. I mean, they've got that's uh, true. You know, Sheldon, you know, they've got the front line still going. They've got their linebackers. And I think that's what could save them in this game. Now, you're absolutely right, though, at the same time. Russell Wilson's going to be running around, getting chased down like a chicken with his head cut off. And it's going to be up to uh, these receivers – to take advantage of that young secondary that the Falcons have and, and be able to create some plays. And the, and the guy that I'm looking at specifically is uh, a guy in Paul Richardson. Okay. I know a lot of attention goes to Tyler Lockett because he's, he's the uh, return man. And he's also got, uh, you know, he's a, he's a big time receiver, but I think Paul Richardson is a guy that takes away uh, a lot of uh, uh, pressure off of Doug Baldwin having to be the number one guy. And how about Jimmy Graham? Jimmy Graham is starting to look like the Jimmy Graham we all knew four or five years ago as being a dominant tight end for for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. The key is obviously going to be can Russell Wilson get the ball to uh, Jimmy Graham, and he can be a guy that can make some plays. So uh, I'm going to go with the, I'm going with the Seahawks. I just don't trust Atlanta on the on the road, Sonny. Uh, I think the front seven of this of the uh, Seahawks defense is going to get some pressure on Matt Ryan, and we all know what Matt Ryan does when he gets pressured. He he uh, he makes some mistakes. So 
Uh, I like Seattle in this game, but um, I'm looking for a guy in Paul Richardson, the wide receiver, the Seahawks, to be a difference maker. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking in this game is if you got him, you got Julio Jones, you better start getting him the ball. By the way, we're talking about Julio Jones not having a great year. By the way, he's fifth in the NFL with uh, 715 yards, okay? All right, so that right there, you got to look at it. So you, when when you're – I mean, it's quite funny when you talk, start talking about guys and what they haven't done, but yet they're in the top five of everything. But here's the simple fact of the matter is he has had more yards at this time of the year before. Um, so what the problem is and why they're not getting Julio the ball, I think this game is a realization. Yeah, or if you want to say, for lack of better words, a come to Jesus, this is a game right here is a playoff-type game, Cuervo. You know, Seattle and Atlanta could be meeting yet again in the playoffs as far as if things go Atlanta's way or even Seattle's way. I've, I've st- with, with this injury, Cam Chancellor, this is a neck injury. They're not going to take any chances. I don't think he even comes back next week, and that really hurts this football team as well. I mean, I see the talent. I see what they have defensively, but if you don't have him out there, it's just like not having Sean Lee out there. It's bad enough you didn't have uh, Sherman out on the football field. Now you're missing Chancellor. This 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 one's going to be huge. That, the only saving grace that they got is is that Russell Wilson is just that good, and and I like what they get. This is going to be a this is going to be a close game, I think. And you know, it's going to come down, I think, in reality, who's going to have the last uh, the ball last. But the Falcons right now they're 11th in the NFL with passing yards with 251 yards a game. But the deal is, is they got a solid rushing game, but they're not going to have Freeman in the game either. That's that's another one of those red flags that come out in this game, Cuervo. Um, and that's why it made it hard to pick it, this game. But if they keep going to the air, and because Dante Freeman's not in the game, what has to happen is Matt Ryan's got to stop those stupid interceptions. And I don't mean... I mean stupid interceptions. This guy throws some bad ones out there, Cuervo. It's one of the reasons why they have the problems they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, oh, I forgot Devontae Freeman's out. That's more of a reason for me to take Seattle, just because the running game's not going to be there for the Atlanta Falcons. And if I know that and you know that, then Seattle Seahawks know that. So with yep. that being said, I think I think what's going to happen, obviously, is that they're going to drop – you're, they're going to drop more uh, DBs into the secondary because they're not really too worried about the run game. They're, they're more right. worried about Julio Jones burning them. So, in all honesty, I think that's that's advantage Seattle, especially when you you know with big time injuries like that. Now, on the other side, yes, Who's I'm sure Julio though. <clears throat> um, well, let's see. They don't have Sherman. They nope. traded away Jeremy Lane. Yeah. Browner, Browner. I think no he's going to get his there. own. I mean, I'm not saying Julio's not going to get his own. I'm just <clears> – <throat> my thing is Seattle has to find a way to get pressure on Matt Ryan before he can get the ball to Julio. Now, is yeah. that going to happen? But I think there's going to be times where, where he can make that happen. But, you know, I, I, I think overall – it's gonna. That's gonna be the 
challenge for Seattle is just getting getting um, pressure on Matt Ryan before he can allow Julio Jones to go off for 300 receiving yards. Yep, that's what they got to prevent. I, 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 I think if they stop Julio, they win the game. I just I don't see how they're going to do it. Uh, they, but Matt Ryan has to deliver the ball. If they don't, it, it's all over. And, and, and that's too bad to say because this is a football team that I think is really good and has the opportunities to play well. I mean, we're talking about a Super Bowl football team from last year. So you got to be able to put those two together and, and get a victory. In this game right here, take advantage of what's being given to you. The defense is not what it's supposed to be at, at this time of the season. They're looking out for other guys such as Sherman and Chancellor in the game. This is a game that you got to take advantage of those deficiencies from the other teams. So, well, we did it. Three hours here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, about ready to have the kickoff over there, over at Red Zone. Everybody, hope you enjoy the game. Cuervo, hope you have a good one. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. Welcome back to the States. Oh, I've been in the States, Sonny. I've just been in the middle of nowhere in the States. But I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm back home. But like I said, welcome back to the States. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'm back to civilization now. I, I've seen buildings and trees again for the first time. So yeah. I almost forgot what they look like. Yeah, back to society. But, you know, there you go. All right, my friend. Have a good one. We'll talk to you later. Likewise, Sonny. Enjoy Red Zone today. Everybody enjoy Red Zone. It is where it's at. Everybody, we're out of here. Bye-bye. And if you're not using it, you better start using Red Zone. You better start Absolutely. watching. Absolutely. You get a lot of it. It's usually free. Usually free part of your sports plan. You're just missing out. Everybody have a good one. We're out of here. Yeah, less than. It's worth it. We're out of here, everybody. Bye-bye. Have a good one.